It's 60 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Direct from our newsroom in Washington, in color, this is the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite. Good evening. Dr. Martin Luther King, the apostle of nonviolence in the civil rights movement, has been shot to death in Memphis, Tennessee. Police have issued an all-points bulletin for a well-dressed young white man seen running from the scene. Officers also reportedly chased and fired on a radio-equipped car containing two white men. Dr. King was standing on the balcony of a second-floor hotel room tonight when, according to a companion, a shot was fired from across the street. In the friend's words, the bullet exploded in his face. That's how the news opened with Walter Cronkite on April 4th, 1968. President Lyndon Johnson addressed the nation later that day. America is shocked and saddened by the brutal slaying tonight of Dr. Martin Luther King. I ask every citizen to reject the blind violence that has struck Dr. King, who lived by nonviolence. I know that every American of goodwill joins me in mourning the death of this outstanding leader and in praying for peace and understanding throughout this land. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., born January 15, 1929, was a pastor, crusader, and the youngest man ever to win the Nobel Peace Prize. His name has become synonymous with the civil rights struggle. On August 28, 1963, a quarter million people marched on Washington, D.C. to demand civil rights and heard his I Have a Dream speech saying, quote, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, end quote. Two decades after that momentous speech, the third Monday in January was made a federal holiday commemorating his birthday. Since the first observance, January 20th, 1986, it has been an occasion for people to remember King's life and dedicate, rededicate themselves to achieving that dream. In 1968, King went to Memphis to support a strike by sanitation workers, most of whom were black. On April 4th, he was assassinated while standing on a balcony at the Lorraine Hotel. The Lorraine has since been converted into a National Civil Rights Museum. Museum. Thousands are expected to descend on Memphis today to mark the 50th anniversary of his assassination. Great documentary on HBO, King of the Wilderness. Not sure if uh, you've seen it. It's been running the last couple of nights. Uh, highly recommend it. It's It has a lot of stuff I didn't know about those last few days, but even his early uh, emergence onto the scene as a, a speaker for civil rights and how his speaking out against Vietnam was like a huge deal because the black community was pissed because he didn't do it. Hmm. You know, he was like, he's like, I'm fighting for civil rights. And they're like, you need to speak out about Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And it was, that was like for him, almost the death knell in his civil rights activism. Because he almost lost the the crowd. He almost lost half of his own supporters. Uh, You know, and, and... Every publication across the country vilified him because he came out against the Vietnam War. It, it was not 1971. It was very early, you know, so it wasn't like there was all of this footage yet and tons of stuff that they knew about the war and the, and the Pentagon Papers weren't, you know, this is in the mid-60s. And he spoke out against it, and then all of a sudden the FBI was kind of like, all right, good. We got this guy now. We can paint him you just as a made communist. The li- you just made the list. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Isn't it crazy though? Like I went, I, I remember spiraling and going down a wormhole when um, Muhammad Ali died, and I ended up stumbling on all this Malcolm X stuff, and I didn't realize that 
the black community was pretty much split on who they followed, either Malcolm or, or Martin. And, and a lot of people thought Martin Luther King was sort of an Uncle Tom for his passive stance. Oh, yeah. Pacifism was very – they thought he was a big wuss. I feel like you need that, though. You need someone who's, like – really dangerous and you need someone who it you need to someone to break it apart and then someone to bring it back together usually i mean i understood both responses Uh uh-huh i understood you know the i have a dream and i have a and i understood what what malcolm was saying and how pissed he was Uh, by any means necessary what's the guy's first name uh carmichael is it stony carmichael is that one i'm remembering Ah, i got his name wrong i don't know he was like basically what uh an activist who was definitely not a pacifist and wanted nothing to, like Martin Luther King had to meet with him a bunch of times like, hey, man, how about you come to my side of the aisle cool on this? It, and he's yeah. like, you need to get on my side mm-hmm. of the aisle on this. But it's a fascinating documentary. And, and on this day of remembrance, what's it called again? King of the Wilderness. King it's a two hour documentary. And so many people are still alive that were there and a part of it. Um, one of them being Harry Belafonte, who was very integral in the civil rights movement. To the extent that Martin Luther King wrote his like last speech that he ever gave, you know, at Harry, Bel- Harry Belafonte's house or something, and hmm. Harry Belafonte was like, he would have rough drafts and crumple them up and throw them away, and he would go in the garbage later and grab them all, and he has them like framed in his house, like, oh, that's awesome. The first drafts of MLK speeches, but I, I highly recommend it. It is fascinating. Authorities are still trying to nail down the motive for yesterday's shooting at the YouTube headquarters near San Francisco. Police in San Bruno, California, released a statement last night saying at this time there's no evidence the shooter knew the victims or that the individuals were specifically targeted. Police initially thought the shooting was a domestic incident. Several people were injured when Nassim Agdam opened fire before killing herself. The family of the 38-year-old vlogger told NBC News she was a longtime YouTube user who felt she had been cheated by the streaming site. Her father said that YouTube stopped everything and now she has no income. Police reportedly found Agdam sleeping in her car in a parking lot earlier that morning. More people continue to bleed from their eyes, ears, and lungs after smoking synthetic marijuana in Illinois. The state's Department of Public Health yesterday said the latest count of people who have been treated for severe side effects of the fake pot is up to 70. There have been no new reported deaths. The IDPH says nine of the 70 people treated for synthetic marijuana use have tested positive for a chemical that's found in rat poison. Ugh. Why would you, with with pot being so ubiquitous at this point, why would you why would you accept any alternatives? That was okay back in like the early 2000s. Like there was a <laughs> bunch of people trying to make like little like loophole pot products that you could yeah. buy at gas stations and head shops and stuff. But why was- why would you do that now? What was that one synthetic one? It was salvia. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what Miley was smoking? Mm-hmm. All I know is I saw someone do that one time, and it it basically looked like they were on bath salts for like seven seconds, and then they snapped out of it. Like it really? Was really weird. Yeah. That is terrifying. I have no desire to do that. No. no desire to lose your mind to the point you're like, maybe my brain will be broken forever. Right. No, I mean, if you bought weed in like the early '90s, you you know, you probably smoked some dirt weed that was laced with Aquanet or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was by accident. It wasn't like you sought that out, right? Those you're just like, oh, this weed down your weed tastes weird. Yeah.
<laughs> some drug dealer must have sprayed this to make it heavier. I never understood that with like the real like people who did like the real heavy psychedelics. They're like, Are you ready for ego death? I'm like, uh no, I, I like my ego. Mm-mm. I like my ego just right where it is. Thank you. <laughs> I don't need my ego to I'd die. I'd like today. to hover just above the ground. <laughs> yes. I don't want to go to another universe really. Officials say some strong storms caused heavy damage across Washington and Greene counties last night. Repair crews say a tree fell on a transformer on Boyce Road in South Fayette. Uh, it was about 8.30 last night, knocked out power. More than 1,000 First Energy customers in the dark after that line of thunderstorms moved through Washington County. Hundreds uh, reported to be without po- power as well in Butler, Fayette, Greene, and Westmoreland counties. Netflix is looking for a few good watchers, binge watchers, that is. Maybe you're already doing this. The streaming content giant says it's looking to pay people to fill editorial analyst jobs. They'll be compensated to watch, rate, and categorize original content and imported programming. The job description requires candidates to be passionate about movies and TV with a deep knowledge of the entertainment industry and who can work on tight deadlines. Analysts are also reportedly needed for Spanish and Japanese movie and TV shows. Oh, boy, I tell you, it sounds great, but I got news for you. Not everything is Breaking Bad. Not everything mm-hmm. is <laughs> you, you're gonna Stranger have, Things. You're going to have to watch Air Bud 6 at some point <laughs> in, your, in your, your watching career. The Pozu Online Shoe Company is making fans crazy uh, with Star Wars line of shoes inspired by the movie franchise, including Han Solo sneakers. They actually got a license from Lucasfilm and are now selling shoes and boots inspired by other characters as well, including Chewbacca and Rey. (laughs) Tiger Woods going through another bad breakup. This time, Tiger and ex-girlfriend Kristen Smith have been battling over a non-disclosure agreement designed to keep her quiet about their relationship. According to TMC, she wants out of their deal so she can blab. Now a legal war has erupted. The two, dated from 2015 to 2017, are in arbitration. The gossip blog says the romance ended because, oh, big surprise, Tiger was cheating. (laughs) And since he didn't want another PR nightmare, he offered her money to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, Sources say Tiger threatened to release embarrassing pictures of her if she doesn't honor the NDA, and the situation has escalated enough to get lawyers involved. Here's a question. If you cheat on somebody who you're cheating with, is that like multiplying negative numbers? Does it does it all of a sudden cancel itself out? Like, can the person that you're cheating on your girlfriend with, if you cheat on her with somebody else, can she get upset? That's what I never understand that. I was like, his track record was very, very well publicized before that. At this point, like, you know the deal. You at least had to think there was a 50% chance that was going to happen. So the best it, you can hope for is a timeshare with Tiger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. be, if you want to be with them, you're with them when you're actually with them. You're not going to get exclusivity. It's not at all. But if you cheat, so if you're cheating on uh, on somebody, sorry, <clears throat> my microphone situation is a little goofy. You got it there, okay? Um, that person who is the the uh, what, what do you mistress? Call it? Mistress, okay. She's already being cheated on with the original person who is being right. cheated on. So there's already one betrayal in her eyes. And it's well, that he won't leave his original girl. So to bring another person into it, I that's that's part of the original agreement, I guess is what I'm saying. So when you bring the third girl in, that's really cheating. They know they're in a battle for yeah. what the baggage you came with. And it's if really you two get women more and baggage, one like, woman should leave. Right. 
Now he, two women enter, and then the third one comes in. He keeps bringing more women in the <laughs> ring. Like, wait a minute. Did, did you not see Highlander? <laughs> Finally, the actor who played Mini-Me in the Austin Powers movies has been hospitalized for alcohol poisoning. TMZ says Vern Troyer is being held for 72 hours so he can be evaluated. The report says paramedics were called to Troyer's house Monday night after a friend said the 49-year-old actor was extremely upset, drunk, and suicidal. A statement on Troyer's social media account said he was getting the best care possible and asked fans to keep Vern in your thoughts and prayers. Last year, Troyer went into rehab for alcohol addiction. Windy today with rain or snow. Temperatures drop through the day into the 30s. It's 60 now at DVE. By the way, the uh, name I was looking for earlier was Stokely Carmichael, not Stony. I'm an idiot. Uh, Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle here. You shake at his touch and you tremble at what he might Stony Carmichael wrote this song. That's Hoagie Carmichael. <laughs> and you're looking for Mr. Wednesday. Yes, well, you're looking for him. You found him. Yes, you're looking for Mr. Wednesday. I think the drums are the creepiest thing about that little ditty, to be honest with you. Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle, how are you, man? I am a harbinger of floodplains. <laughs> wow, is it brutal out there? there what are... percentage of Pittsburgh basements are have the rugs a little damp today? <laughs> when I oh was... my God, that water table under the house is all coming up the middle of the floor. When I was getting changed to come to work, like I heard rain. You know, it's raining. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then all of a sudden... The intensity ratcheted up about 10 notches, and it just went, and it was hitting the side of the yeah, house. You know, side. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I- yeah, we have, like, wind warnings through the day today, so. And then you feel that sump pump crank on. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I had to tell my three-year-old last night because he didn't want to go to bed because there was so much lightning and thunder, and I was in there. I was like, there's nothing to be scared of. And then I heard, like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, let's get in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> you get the family all in your thunder shirts. I went to bed relatively early last night, but the lightning before I did go to bed was yeah. spooky. It was yeah. I mean, it was it cool. Weird long thunders too. Yeah, and it looked like sideways lightning. Is like I don't know how to. I don't know. It was weird. It was coming in at weird mm-hmm. angles. It looked like <laughs> something. You know, it, it felt very appropriate for this day and age. Hey, while I have the uh, two parents in the room. I'll give you the Daily Star uh, study of 20% of parents who claimed they've been caught getting it on by their kids, and they uh, they compiled the lies that are the most popular thing to tell your kids when you're interrupted mid-coitus. We're wrestling? Well, yeah, that's one of them. Number, uh, number 10, we're playing horsey. <laughs> we're playing horsey why is mommy That's the horsey descriptive. <laughs> that, that would explain the leather saddle <laughs> and my boots <laughs> we were searching for magic treasure <laughs> we're just looking for the magic and treasure we can't use our hands Instead of uh, uh, X marking the spot, G marks the spot on the, on the magic treasure there. We're searching for magic treasure. And mommy turns to the kids and goes, and he's never going to find it. <laughs> uh, we were having an argument. Well, I don't uh, know if that's a good that one. That seems unhealthy. Yeah, because if they associate <laughs> that. This is an appropriate response to argument. With- so when <laughs> Tina takes my toy tomorrow, I'll just... <laughs> Reverse cowgirl yeah. her. 
<laughs> we invented a new sport, and we're playing it. <laughs> Again, same premise. They got to be young, 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 young. I want to take that one to the school. Yeah, yeah they can't be like 14 and you give them that excuse. <laughs> well, yeah. We invented a new sport. Uh, we were trying to make each other laugh. That's number six. That's probably the most yeah. honest out of all of them. Tickle fight. We were trying to get out of bed. We just got stuck. <laughs> number four is we were just moving around in bed. <laughs> yeah, why not? That's true. <laughs> hey. hey. Moving around a little bit. It's not lying, really. Number three, uh, Bill, you called it. We are tickling each other. Just tickling. Just a little tickle fight. A little tickle. Number two, we were play fighting. We were reenacting Kill Bill. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We were play fighting. Oh, you know how mommy likes karate movies? Yeah. (laughs) I'm a Power Ranger and she's a ninja. (laughs) And she's a rump ranger. The number one thing they say to their kids is, oh, we were cuddling. We were just cuddling. Just cuddling. Just a little cuddlingus. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) I understand the necessity, you know, is the mother of invention. So when you're caught in the act, you probably come up with anything. But here's what I'll say is that my son is three years old. And they had the Easter bunny come visit him at, at preschool, like one of those people dressed in like an Easter bunny costume. Mm-hmm. And he came back to my, my wife and he just goes, there was somebody in there. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever dirty lie that you think you're coming up with, your kids know a lot more about what's going on in the world. You can't just feed Way him. Feed him. Yeah, exactly. So when she tells him like, no, me and daddy were just tickle fighting. He's like, there was somebody in there. <laughs> <laughs> I like that though. God, you're that so is, bright. That is uh, that's conkle consistent though. You know, he comes back and he's like, "I saw through that whole thing." Yeah. yeah. There's. Uh, let me tell you what's really going on there, uh, Mom. I, I, Dad, we learned about this in school. This is right after hexagons and pentagons, <laughs> as we learned about the birds and the bees. He's going to come back with five minutes on that Easter bunny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think I told you guys this like a couple years ago. I really thought I was going to have to sort of just stumble into the birds and the bees talk. Um, Kennedy was like, hey, uh, I know where babies come from. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and she was like, so what happens is God sees that the mommy is eating very healthy, and then he puts a baby in her belly. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. She still has her head in the clouds. This is perfect. But wait a minute. What role do I play in this scenario? You're the tur- Am I just like mommy's nutritionist? You're the kale provider. And that's- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, well, Did you what? ask her to, to further uh, explain? On- yeah, she thinks that, uh, the, like most kids just think the dads are just hanging the, hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Doing nothing. They're just well- sitting around sort of reaping the bed, which is not far off. Which <laughs> I mean, we couldn't have less to do with the whole thing. One of the first married couple dynamics they learn about are mary and joseph and he just sat around he was just kind of like oh i'll be at work yeah doing some carpentry well tell me what you think about this because i just went to the library the other day and there was this real crunchy hippie chick with her kids there and she was specifically asking for like kids books about getting pregnant and I was like, I don't think that's oh. a category in the kids' book section. And she was like, I'd like it to see 
everything. We're very open about uh, where everything goes and what parts or everything like. And these kids are like three and four, so I could kind of see her point, now. but I don't know. At that age, it's seems like a little young. It does, doesn't it? But I don't yeah, know. I, I don't so. know a good reason why. I mean, why? I, it seems weird. Like I lie about that stuff, but I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know what the right age is. Like, like I always come back to that Gardell joke where it's like, you know. When do you introduce technology to your kids? <laughs> like, Does a three-year-old you... even know what day it is? No idea. <laughs> well, you're going to tell them about the birds and the bees? Well, like if you ask a young kid when their birthday is, they'll be like, Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they, you know, they don't have any concept yeah. of like the actual date yeah. or anything. <laughs> they just know days of the week, maybe. This is the quote from my son. When I'm four, I'm going to be five and then six. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's That's, not wrong. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're taking a quick break. We'll come back. Mike Pursuta with your sports here on DVE Sports. Pursuta has your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, take it away. Sports is brought to you by Xfinity X1. A couple of interesting turns of events in the Metropolitan Division last night. The Flyers lose to the Islanders 5-4. So Philadelphia fails to gain ground. Uh, the Devils beat the Rangers 5-2, to two, and the Columbus Blue Jackets fell behind the Red Wings 4-1 to one, and then stormed back to tie it and win it in OT. 5-4, to four. so it's the Pens with 96 points, the Jackets with 96 points, and now New Jersey in fourth place with 95. <laughs> Philadelphia stuck on 94. And, of course, the Penguins and Blue Jackets scheduled to play tomorrow night in Columbus. That is looking more and more like your battle for home ice advantage in the first-round series between the two teams. Of course, things can still change. New Jersey, as Mike Lang said yesterday, never doubt the Hall of Famer. Devils ain't going away. <laughs> they, they they seem to be, uh, hey, guys, we're in this too. Right. <laughs> We'd like to get in this fight. Yeah, they're tough. And uh, they're, they're continuing to win hockey games. All the teams have now played 80 games, so two left for everybody. The Penguins have more regulation slash overtime wins than anybody. They're going to win that tiebreaker. That's the first tiebreaker. So all the Pens have to do is finish tied for second. So it's Spanish-Pittsburgh that way. Does it really matter? Yeah, wouldn't probably be a bad thing to have in the first round, given the road struggles in the regular season. The Hall of Famer said yesterday, though, the season starts anew. They drop the baggage and the bad habits of the year preceding it. And starting on the road can be advantageous because if you can take one from them there, you know, you got two chances to get ahead of them yeah. to Con- start the series. Conversely, if you don't, I've always thought the best part of home ice advantage was having the first two at home and really being able to take a stranglehold on a series right away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If it is in Columbus, haven't historically Penguins fans completely overrun that arena? Or since they've been good the last couple of years, is that not an option anymore? Are their fans really going to Oh, no, out? I think it's an option. The last time, I was actually out there the last time the Penguins played out there, and there, there are plenty Packed, of Pittsburgh yeah. fans. It, mm-hmm. it, uh, it's an easy trip, and it's a relatively inexpensive and fun place to go. Oh, yeah, it's a new it's arena. really easy to get it's a three and a half there. hours away. The arena The arena's great. You can stand being around that many people from Ohio. I recommend it. <laughs> and then on the other side of the East, Mike, last night the, the the Lightning just steamrolled the Bruins. I don't know that that had any impact on the standings there. But they hadn't beat well, them all. They hadn't beat them all year. Yeah, they're fighting for the uh, division championship. 
Uh, Lightning, a very good team. Boston, a very good team. Eastern mm-hmm. Conference looks strong. Out of character loaded uh, to me in terms of the depth of quality teams and how many teams you would not be surprised. Nobody's talking about Toronto or Washington. And Toronto had that team last year to push the caps to the limit and everybody was uh, looking, oh, Mike Babcock knows how to win and that's a young upcom- up-and-coming team. Their playoff time is coming. And this everybody's just written off the caps, I guess. Well, they had their goalie controversy, but that Grubauer dude looks like he's going nuts. <laughs> that Grubauer. That Grubauer dude. dude. I'd go with that Grubauer dude if Hans I was Grubauer. him. Grubauer. <laughs> <laughs> Steelers uh, have agreed to terms with running back Stephen Ridley on a one-year contract. You might remember he came in late last year after James Conner's injury. Uh, 5'11", 230 pounds. A veteran of 63 NFL games, 3,022 NFL rushing yards, and 23 NFL rushing touchdowns. But the bigger news made in New England, those Patriots are scheming again. They've traded receiver Brandon Cooks to the Los Angeles Rams for the 23rd overall pick in this year's draft. New England also sends a fourth-rounder to L.A. and gets a sixth-rounder back. The Patriots now have the number 23 and 31 picks. 31 overall picks in the first round. Ugh. Two second rounders, a third, two sixths, and a seventh. They have a lot of picks. They uh, they have assets to uh, maneuver should they choose to do that. And the Rams are loading up, aren't they? The Rams are Jesus. loading up. They're not going to be able to afford this team after one year. Yeah, well, maybe they'll They're try just... to win it once and then <laughs> worry about what to do after that, after that. Uh, Pirates are scheduled to play the Reds at PNC Park today, 6.05 p.m. Your scheduled first pitch, Yvonne Nova, gets the ball for the second time this season. He'll be opposed by Jake Odorizzi of Minnesota. Nova was uh, uncharacteristic in his first start in Detroit in that he did not have very good control. Actually walked three guys Wow! in five innings. That's uh, unheard of for Yvonne Nova. Gave up a couple of earned runs. Odorizzi... Pitched six shutout innings for Minnesota in its season opener at Baltimore and got a no decision. He walked two and struck out seven. The Pirates are the last of Major League Baseball's undefeated teams at 4 0. <laughs> and to quote the great Clint Hurdle, raise your right hand if you had that. And all the hands across America should be down because nobody had that. No. But there they go. They're not going to play today, are they? Well, I you know I'm no meteorologist, Mike, but uh, it's lightning sideways. And, yeah, it's, so there's I, a lot of water out there on the road yeah. coming down. Of course, the game's not for 12 hours, so who knows? Be quite a crowd, I'm sure, if they do get it in. Typically, when you when you can't park in the Mon Wharf in the morning, there's a less <laughs> less than good chance. Is there a like Red Sky at Night, Sailor's Delight type of thing? Yeah, that's the Mon Wharf. With yeah. the Mon Wharf. That's right. No Mon Wharf in the morning. The day's going to be really boring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes when they play, it's boring too, though. So that one won't work. That's TV sports. We got Val. Well, if you want to be a lot less stressed, get off of Facebook. We'll talk about that coming up. Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, hanging out with us here. We got a packed show for you today. Uh, we're going to meet uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Crossroads student. I'm going to be paired up with paired up with for this weekend's Are You Smarter Than a Crossroads Scholar event at Safalo's Saturday night. Also, uh, Joe Bartnick live in studio. The old two-niner, Phil Bork, 
and uh, Double M, Mark Madden, closing things out today. So that's all still to come here on DVE. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Val Porter, Bill Crawford, and uh, our friend Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, hanging out with us. And you guys have a big show coming up. we got a big show on Huge. Saturday. This is all your favorite DVE comedians. It's me. It's Sean Collier. It's Bill Crawford. We're going to be out the uh, Mayernick Center off uh, Camp Horn Road on Saturday doing a little fundraiser for the uh, Avonworth Community Park. Uh, so get your tickets online, avonworthcommunitypark.org. And uh, we'll see you there. It was, it was a good. We did it la- uh, last year. Uh, I did it last year, but I'm bringing all my radio friends now. Cool. All right. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. And that is Saturday. Saturday. Saturday night. Good deal. Uh, with uh, with Jeff here and uh, what appears to be Craigslist's uh, castigating those looking to make those misconnections out into the ether. Yes, uh, the word was they were going to stop their personals and the misconnections section of craigslist what got a lot of notifications while i was on vacation that they were doing away with this people were tweeting at us that they were very worried i don't think that's the case though i don't either i think they just moved yeah i I, it is it appears that they're still there for now for the time being and uh oh uh joe will you get the misconnections bed up there for me i don't know someone uh Someone deleted that out of there. Didn't they just move me. them on the website? Like it went from that's my might have been what it was. Personal ads to I don't know discussions. Craigslist <laughs> slash skeevy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. Um, it's time though to do some misconnections. These are Pittsburgh misconnections from Craigslist. First one. We talked to Kenny Ross Toyota, woman <laughs> for man. Body, average height. Status, single. I was drinking tea, watching Dr. Oz, (laughs) while waiting at Kenny Ross Toyota. (laughs) You came up and said he was a fake. We had a nice conversation until my car was done being serviced. I regretted not asking your name and not telling you mine. I was just hoping you'd like to talk again. This to me, I don't even want to make fun of this one. This one's just sweet. This is just a sweet woman, I think, who is uh, getting her car fixed. And she sees a guy and she thinks, I have such a hard time finding people I'm compatible with. And here's a guy. You have a Corolla. I have a Corolla. (laughs) (laughs) This could work. And the slogan rings true. There is plenty at Kenny. There's just. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Second one. (laughs) <laughs> you you played my jam woman for man and woman it's sunny's taco tuesday <laughs> uh-oh you played return to innocence by enigma on the jukebox i yelled multiple tr- times to try and figure out who played it to no avail we should be friends so she's saying, I think, I don't care if it was a guy or a girl, I want to be close to you just because you picked Return to Innocence by Enigma. I don't even know this song. I've well, never the, heard this Are you serious? Oh my God, this is like the most 90s song ever <laughs> to me. This is at the end of like 16 uh, coming of age teen movies in like 1990. I was like already of age in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> 
Val I was like, who put this on? It ruined my Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Sunny's Taco Tuesday. That's hilarious. Okay. Well, here's one. I think a lot of misconnections happen here. And this is really the genius of Craigslist's misconnections. Is, uh, it can bring these types of people together. Because this is a true misconnection. This is not two people who had an opportunity and didn't talk to one another. Red light. Man for woman. Babcock Boulevard. Know what I'm saying? See, you're right. Oh yeah, can't nothing. No opportunity. Yeah. No opportunity here. I, There's we, no appropriate hand signal that can say, "Roll down your window." I want to do you. No, typically. Well, there are probably. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll make polite fun. people don't use them. <laughs> the old finger and circle at the red light doesn't uh, doesn't fly too much. <laughs> red light, Babcock Boulevard, man for woman. We're at a red light on Babcock Boulevard. You drove a burgundy Chrysler town and country. <laughs> My kind of woman. Damn, you came My out with the woman. full name of the car. Make and model. I could hear the Molly Hatchet playing out your speakers. <laughs> yeah. Was a CD, I think, because I never heard Jukin City on a radio before. Wow. Might have been the electric line. Might have been, right? Is it Jukin City doing or next Taco Tuesday? You pulled <laughs> You pulled away before I could roll down my window. That is the best thing he that spelled, I've seen. He spelled window with a D-A. Window. The green arrow struck, and you turn left. Oh, that is not. That's right there. That's Pittsburgh poetry. Mm. We just weren't meant to be. The green arrow struck. The green arrow she struck. She turned left. It's like a Pittsburgh country song. Well, hopefully (laughs) those two will meet up at a four-way stop soon. (laughs) Desk clerk, woman for man, Ross Township. You checked me out of my room at the La Quinta Inn. (laughs) Safe to say. you know he pronounces it La Quinta. La Quinta. This is a woman, though. La Quinta Inn. Safe to say. We was both at La Quinta. Oh, this is a a nice turn of words. Safe to say I was doing the same. Oh. You're a hot piece of ass. Wait a minute, what? Whoa, wow. can't be that aggressive. Quick. How does it work if you want a room? You get an employee discount? I'd love to find out. Wow. Oh. If you're that forward in the misconnection posting, why not just talk to the guy when you're there? Yeah. Get a couple free pens out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Opening day. Yeah, there's always yeah, opening day ones. Here we go. Woman for man. We are in line together waiting for dipping dots. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Classic. Oh, my God. If this, it, You don't have to put Pittsburgh in parentheses here. You were wearing a Kevin Young jersey over a hoodie. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's my favorite player. Oh. You had two kids with you. Are they your siblings? I hope so. Woman for man, so she's looking for a little bit of love there at the um, Buckos game. Chem class, CCAC, man for woman. You're in my chem class. I held the door for you after class today and asked, hey, aren't you in my chem class? As we left our chem class. (laughs) God, I hope these two don't reproduce. I don't think you found it funny. You didn't laugh. See you Thursday. Uh, dude, <laughs> dude, if that line didn't work, she's not worth your time. I that is a great line. Totally agree. Totally great line. That is a great line. Hey, aren't you in my chem class? <laughs> As we were leaving chem class. I'm on that guy's side. That, that is That right there is that man's best effort. Because yeah. I could just see myself in that 
in that setting. And if that doesn't work, then the whole thing's over. That's it. He has no other tools in the toolbox. I that t- was all the love potion and his Bunsen burner. Yeah. If she's not into that, I don't know what he's going to do. Well, here's the thing. If you're funny enough to come up with that and she doesn't laugh at it, like, do you even want to hang yeah. out with this girl? Because that is a great line. Yeah, he probably still does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. actually, yeah. Well, if you don't like that one, then, you know, that's not a deal breaker for me. I cool. Mean, I'll just I got follow other you back ones. to your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just stalk you. You don't have to find me funny. Creepy's okay, too. Hey, don't you live here? <laughs> uh, Pizza Hut waitress again When they wait on you Okay Man for a woman Route 21 near Carmichael <laughs> Oh my god These eyes melted me Wow You were so gorgeous to me I had a supreme sandwich And you brought sweetener for my tea You said something about <laughs> You said something about the mint After I gave you your tip what did you say, and how much was a tip? It's probably like, you need a mint. Oh, my God, you were... <laughs> stanky, stanky-ass breath. Oh, my God, you were a doll. Love to talk with you. Oh, my God, you're a doll. Uh, good luck to that guy. Again, she's the waitress bringing you stuff so your breath doesn't stink. I don't think you have a good ch- chance here. I love it. You brought me sweetener for my tea. Saturday sheets in Slippery Rock. Man for woman. I'm sure this is a long shot. <laughs> I've been looking for the most beautiful brunette ever. You're wearing blue jeans, and I winked at you as you left the store at 1.30. Then it was all a blur after that, LOL. <laughs> I was pretty drunk. <laughs> it was 1.30 p.m. 1.30 p.m. They in should sheets. have, like, a misconnections in sheets at this point. There's a lot of It sheets. should be like a, you know, a miss to order. I just see two hands reaching for the same Krispy Kreme, <laughs> touching each other gently. That uh, one lonely Krispy Kreme that's yeah. sitting in the sweaty cinnamon swirl. For that matter, Walmart should have their own, too. This one's Walmart. Drop in the F-bomb, oh, yeah. Mon- Manaka, Walmart. <laughs> We've seen each other before. You're like a little firecracker, but must have been at the store with your mom. I kept saying F like a cute little sailor. Short and sweet. Oh, you kept saying F like a cute little sailor. Short and sweet. I want you. How funny is it that this is what turns that guy on? Chick saying the F bomb in Walmart. <laughs> and what's he's just like, oh yeah, that reminds me. You kept looking at me too. I think the feelings were mutual. Hit me up with your hair color and what you were wearing <laughs> so I know it's you. Doubt you'll see this though. Yeah, probably not. If she was with her mom at Walmart dropping F bombs, how did. I mean, that's the story you want to tell your kids one day, isn't it? Tell us your story again, how you met. Well, she was really reaming out the guy in the electronics <laughs> department because her Nintendo Wii didn't work. And I was getting some Duck Dynasty slippers, and I heard her. <laughs> and lastly, this one has a cashier number. Grove City it says cashier number, and then it goes. Oh, my God. He sir- gave her license plate number, pretty much. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> Grove City, man for woman. Woman. I bought, I bought something from you yesterday afternoon. You seem keen to be thoroughly dominated. Let's plant that flag. Now, I'd come back in there, but there are no returns. <laughs> it is the outlets. So, <laughs> all sales are final. Let's plant that flag. 
apparently nomenclature from the BDSM world that I'm not aware of. Something tells me if you're using the word keen, though, you can't dominate anybody. <laughs> How are you going to dominate somebody using the word keen? You're keen to be dominated. And there's, there's some misconnections for you, and hopefully they'll continue because what's more fun? In Pittsburgh, misconnections. Oh, those are great. Nothing. Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, once again, uh, this Saturday night, uh, the big comedy show with Bill Crawford. Details. And Sean Collier. And, and Sean, Sean Collier. Collier. Details at evanworthcommunitypark.org. All right, good deal. Big uh, hour here planned. We got Dave Damashek from the NFL Network with his April absurdity bracket. Oh, this is so good. You won't want to miss this. It's such a, a good idea that he's got going on here. Uh, plus, Joe Bartnick will be live in studio. Phil Bork, Mark Madden, and more. Don't you think, like, everyone's, I feel like, down on shame right about now. You can't shame yeah. anyone. Shame, shame is, is, an is a low. crucial point and tool within parenting, I yes. think. In moderate doses. Like, I remember I, I stole a little rubber dinosaur when I was, like, six years old from the Carnegie Museum. And my parents made me go back in and tell the cashier that I stole it and put it back. And I was, oh, like, awesome. weeping. It, like, it's, like, one of the most, like, traumatic moments yeah. of my life. But I can't – I literally feel like I can't get away with stealing anything anymore, like, right. since I've been five years old. So it worked. Did your dad go up to the cashier afterwards and go, look, I can't lock him in a safe. So <laughs> no, I'm doing a, the best I can. He had a VHS camcorder and was going to send it in to Bob Saget at America's Funniest Home Videos. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conn there uh, with us. He just took off and he will be performing with Bill Crawford Saturday, Avonworth Community Park. The Mayernick Center. Yes. Mayernick Center. Perfect. Saturday. Tickets available there, right? Avonworth.org. <laughs> I don't know. If that was close. It. It's close. Yeah, we'll have it listed for you on the website at dve.com. You can go see Bill and Jeff doing comedy this weekend. Uh, Val has the news. How are you, Val? I'm doing just fine. I feel like this this morning is flying by already, and we haven't stopped to see how you're doing. <laughs> do we do that on I a normal basis? I just want to take this time out to say I love you, Val. <laughs> That's all. I just called. Uh, yeah, just uh, hating the weather, but uh, oh, that's God, no different weather. than everybody else. Okay. Yeah, do you Good. feel like this weather, like this this particular winter, even though it's supposedly spring now, is just never ending. really beating everyone up? Just never ending. Everyone's got sick. The weather just has sucked forever. Even you, when you look at like the long-term five-day forecast, it's not going to get better. It's going to be in the 40s through the weekend. I'm leaving. You're lucky. <laughs> Scott Harbaugh's making the, the saddest YouTube video series. It's not going to get better. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to get better. <laughs> 45 mile per hour wind of that yeah we have a wind advisory today here's a channel 11 severe weather center forecast brought to us by bridgeville applying it's 60 degrees at dve the news is brought to us by golden oak lending special counsel robert Mueller is preparing a report on president trump's actions while in office according to the washington post Mueller is still looking to interview trump about whether he tried to interfere uh, interfere with the investigation into russian meddling in the 2016 election the report adds that trump is not a criminal target, but he is a subject. The CDC says so-called nightmare bacteria are spreading across the U.S. The scary-sounding term describes bacteria resistant to most antibiotics. CDC says a new testing product uh, process 
turned up unusual antibiotic-resistant germs more than 220 times last year. 11% of people screened for the powerful bacteria carried them, although they had no symptoms. The CDC says an aggressive approach to detect bacteria that defy treatment can snuff them out by quickly isolating infected patients. I read this article last night. I forget it was like 20-some thousand people die of antibiotic-resistant germs. Uh, and it's, that's that's, it has to be all from the food, right? I don't know. Because the food is being given antibiotics. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think that my theory is global warming in that is making this happen. And really? Bacteria, yeah, because like there's MRSA strains that they haven't had to contend with before. There are... Um, uh, the waterborne flesh-eating things. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember that until the last five years. Brackish Every, water. It, yeah, existing, where you get out of the water and you're like, huh, you got an itch there. Oh, it's turning into a sore. Oh. My leg's falling off. My leg is being eaten. And then people are dying from that because they're not catching it quick enough. And if you don't diagnose it and then, like, literally cut off your leg. See? That's why you got to watch Monsters Inside Me. You'll be educated about that stuff. I, I'll, I'll make a deal with you. <laughs> no. I'll watch. I'm not watching Black Mirror. Yeah, I know. You know that's his, that's his bargaining chip. You really should watch Black Mirror. Okay. It's great. Let's yeah. make a deal then. Fine. I'll watch Monster, Monsters Inside Me. All right. But I want you to make sure I'm watching the right one because that is a terrible <laughs> title. And I feel like I could watch any number of videos. Don't leave me scarred if on the on inside. If it's on Red Tube, you're in the wrong place. Okay. <laughs> I thought I thought it was all from the food. Just when they industrialize the food, and yeah, there's all know. these factory farms, and they feed the cows corn, which they don't naturally eat, so they get diseases. So then they have to feed them antibiotics, which builds a resistance in us because we're consuming the meat. So that's. Resistant, yes. I think that does play a part, too. I agree with you. And that's more along the lines of, well, hmm, this used to kill gonorrhea. Why isn't the amoxicillin working anymore? Because but, your hamburger had gonorrhea. No, But there are didn't. super bugs that are, like, bigger than what they, were, they used to treat also. So I think it's sort of uh, a multi-pronged attack for, of bacteria that's been occurring here. Hey, I mean, I didn't grow up in a world with stink bugs. Uh, now there's stink bugs. Well, they dinosaur just, insects. <laughs> they didn't just sprout. Like I they know. came in from other. I places. know, but I'm just saying, like things that are here now, here, like yeah. in this country that uh, I didn't grow up around. I mean, we're but talking about the happens. weather. It was. Do you remember it being winter and then not winter, <laughs> and then 70 degrees in February, and then for 10 winter days? again, and then winter through April? No, I don't. But uh, things change. Seasons change. It's a song. We probably all know the biggies that are bad for the environment, but there are four sneaky things that are bad for the environment. Two-day shipping from Amazon. Shopping online, they say, is better than going to the mall because you don't burn up the gas getting there. But two-day shipping forces companies to send out delivery trucks before they're full, so they have to use more gas to get there. But Uh. I don't... I mean, I don't understand that, whether you're going to the store or a truck is coming to your house. Well, ostensibly, the, uh, the truck wouldn't, would burn a lot more gas than, you know, whatever you'd be driving. You don't drive a box truck to the Right, that, but they're saying Macy's. you going to the store is worse for the environment. Oh, yeah, I don't understand, I don't understand any understand, of like, the net the, good. It's the, like things they say like, oh, drinking almond milk is better than drinking dairy milk because it reduces the, the need for milk cows, which... Ultimately, their farts can be bad for the meth, you know, methane can be bad for the ozone. But then people are like, yeah, but it takes so much water to make the 
And you get boobs. To make Man the uh, no no that's from soy milk not from oh, almond yeah, milk. Oh yeah 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 right. Soy but milk. still I don't it's too much I can't keep track anymore. I I'm going to drink what I like. I've been drinking so much milk lately. Thank God for those cows. Yeah, why do you think that is? I don't know. I've just been like drinking giant glasses. Look, of your milk. body doesn't want to lose weight right now, and typically we're all we're all at that point where the weather's nicer and we're doing Getting things out, that are more like you know around. even if you're not out playing tennis, you're moving around a lot more. You're and not The need to like insulate your body isn't as strong, but now we all have this like genetic compulsion. This is what I'm telling myself to like keep eat fat and yep. eat right now because it's still cold. Oh, it's not. That's not something you're just telling yourself. I mean, that's actually happening. I mean, your body is made to store fat. Right. That's how we're built. Even when you're doing exercises, your body is still looking for anything other to burn than fat. That's because pro- fat is an insulator so that you're burning muscle before you burn fat. So she's uh, milking up. <laughs> Try. Milking you're, getting up. A, you're getting a milk coat. <laughs> milk coat, yeah. Straws. Oh, yeah. In the U.S. alone, we use... 500 million of them every day. That's over 180 billion a year. They end up in landfills or in the oceans, which is worse. I asked for a glass of water with no straw the other day. One time, I think I'm saving the planet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I pat myself on the back all the time. (laughs) Oh, I'll just throw that in the recycling bin. Look at me saving the world. (laughs) Oh, ever since I watched that documentary about the the plastic island out in the Pacific. Oh, it's so depressing. I think about that once in a while when I throw something away that that I'm... I'm not liking the size of it. I'm like, no, that's going to be on the island. Yeah. It's just going to be floating out there. Like, if you think about it, just human beings, like, obviously, we've come up with all this great technology. We've explored space and all that. But just from a planetary standpoint, we're just giving the Earth diarrhea constantly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Glitter. Oh. I know I've done a story about this before. It ends up in the water supply. Fish eat it. So it's bad for, you know, the microbeads that the government outlawed that's in the body wash oh, to yeah. exfoliate. Yeah. yeah, it gets in the water system and gets in the fish. Why wouldn't you, as a strip club owner, ban glitter from from your dancers? Because that makes guys evidence. not want to go back there. It's evidence. Right. It's why they put a different name on the credit card receipt so you don't, don't get your chops busted about it. Yeah. They should ban doing glitter. Some- from strippers and greeting cards. Oh, cr- <laughs> and princess dresses. Because <laughs> that stuff is just on my clothes now forever. Yeah, after Christmas, I had like three shirts that were just, they were glitter. For, <laughs> or like now for they, have, they have tons of glitter on cards. Well, that's Come what you're saying, that, yeah. Greeting that's cards. A, greeting card. that's just, just a frill that you don't need. No, I agree. I don't get excited when I get a card with <laughs> glitter. I get pissed off. Like, I hate you for sending me a card. It's kind of like getting (laughs) Rickrolled. In music news, Paul Stanley is reportedly going over his schedule to see when he can join Gene Simmons at one of his vault box set events. Simmons has been joined by several current and former KISS members over the last three months while personally delivering copies of his limited edition box set, which costs anywhere from $2,000 to $50,000. So far, Stanley has been conspicuously absent from any of the previous private events, but yesterday he tweeted, You bet I'm going. You bet I'm going! <laughs> I was just waiting for you. Yeah. You wanted to bet! Say it you got to bet! <laughs> I, th- he, I think he has the same voice Geraldine of Flip Wilson fame has. <laughs>
The devil made me buy this dress, honey. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> We're very glad to be here tonight. Uh, he, Craig Gass obviously does the best one. Oh, yeah. I mean... Craig Gast, he does Gene Simmons. He does all of Kiss, yeah. really. He can just do anybody. But I don't know if Ace and Peter ever talked much, but um, no. Gene and Paul enough to be guys. parodied. Yeah. Uh, and actor Colin Farrell has checked himself into rehab. He's been sober sober for twelve years, so this is just kind of a tune up. His people say that he is not boozing again, but that he did back-to-back movies and just needed a break and a bit of a reset. He just finished a live-action version of Dumbo. Uh, and another movie with Liam Neeson called Widows. I wish Liam Neeson would do a movie with Dumbo and they where they stole Dumbo, and it was like a mix of Taken, Taken Dumbo. And, yeah, <laughs> one of those two. Surprised they haven't done that. At already. this point, we got to be like, look, man, he's not a good overseer of no. kids or animals. Why are we letting this guy hold on to stuff? I know. Forecast. Forecast today, windy with rain or snow. Temperature is going to be dropping all day long into the 30s. So when you go to work today, just even though it's 60 now, wear your winter coat because you're going to need it when you come home. All right. Uh, you know, I've been telling you guys about the event I'm doing Saturday night at Safalos for the P- Pittsburgh Crossroads Foundation. And Are You Smarter Than a Crossroads Scholar will take place uh, 7 o'clock Saturday night at Safalos. Joining me right now, Elvira Hoff and Anthony Young, who are part of it. Now, Elvira is the organizer of the event, but Anthony is a senior at Central Catholic, and he is uh, a part of the Crossroads Foundation. Uh, and uh, he's one of the people who benefits from the great work they do. And Anthony, as I understand it, you are, are going to be paired with me Saturday night. Is that correct? That's correct. All right, yeah. now hop up on the mic a little bit closer. So you're a smart high school senior. I'm a dumb guy. <laughs> what kind of questions are we going to be asked here, Elvira? Like, I, I have a feeling this is going to be very skewed towards making me look dumb. No, no, er. no. No, we wanted to make sure this was a lot of fun for our celebrities because we certainly appreciate everybody who's volunteering. So actually, we... Um, um, those are 12 questions around. Some of them are academic, so the scholar should be able to answer those. Okay. And some of them are tied in, or electives tied into the various celebrities. So we have a <laughs> we have a rock jock talk, for instance, is one of our questions. So, I mean, that, you know, it's Bob Rogers. Anthony, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then uh, for some, uh, we have some uh, TV news celebrities. So you know, uh, about the Berg is one of the subjects. Okay. And, uh, All right. So first of all, yeah. let's tell people what Crossroads does. What is the Crossroads Foundation all about? For those oh, it's a know. wonderful organization. We are uh, the only one of our kind in Pittsburgh. Um, we supply a unique four-part uh, high school scholarship to underserved youth living throughout Allegheny County. Mm-hmm. Um, we supply tuition assistance so they can attend one of four Catholic high schools, but we also supply um, year-round after-school uh, tutoring um, and academic enrichment, um, college and career prep, and personal and social wellness programs that really begin uh, the summer before ninth grade and continue through the first year of college. Our whole goal is to um, help these students get into a quality college uh-huh. and succeed in college and That's get, awesome. get a good job. All right, now, Anthony, here's what I'm guessing. Uh, first of all, you're going to Howard. Yes, sir. All right, great school. But you're a big fella. When you walked yeah. in here, I'm like, oh, well, look at this guy who could murder us all. <laughs> you uh, like you look like a football. You look like the star in a movie about the football star in high school. 
Mm-hmm. So are you going to play football in college? I am, yes. What position are you going to play? Uh, they're looking at me to play right tackle, but pretty much anywhere on the line. How big are you? Uh, I'm about 6'3", 280. 280. Yeah. Nice. Are you psyched to play ball? I am. I'm really excited. Yeah. How did Central Catholic do this year? I forget. Uh, we were we were Whippeal runner-ups. Uh, we played Pan Richland at Hansfield. Uh, yes, that's right. Okay. <laughs> that has that had to be pretty cool. Yeah. It, it it was really it was really nice. Got some cool pictures. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At Stiller Stadium. So um, that'll that'll only pale in comparison to being my partner on Saturday <laughs> night, right? Of course. For of course. the crossroads, uh, are you smarter than a crossroads scholar? Well, the answer, Elvira, is no. I am not. <laughs> because I we can tell you right now, yet. Anthony, who is uh, you, are a total badass, not only on the football field but in the classroom. Gold honor roll award winner this year. What's your GPA? Uh, four three six. Wow. wow. Isn't it? Doesn't it go to four? Is it go to five? Uh, well. Uh, my weighted GPA is a four three six. My unweighted is like a three six. Um, so that's like taking everything on like uh, a great like a level one scale. Yeah. But when you encounter like all the like level three, level four, yeah. level five classes uh, on a on a weighted scale, it's a four three six. And you've already had a uh, an internship through Crossroads with mm. with Lally and Company. What did you do there? Uh, well, I, like you said, I was an intern there. Um, I did some you know busy work. Um, such as like you know filling a printer, but I also worked on other projects around the office. Um, I had to make a PowerPoint for a tax form 1040 that they use. I w- I wasn't there when they had the meeting, um, but I I had to make a whole PowerPoint that I still have access to. Um, just worked on a number of projects with um, other people uh, around the firm. So you got a lot of experience yeah. in the business world while you were still in high school. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. And Elvira, this is the kind of stuff that Crossroads makes possible oh, for these amazing. kids. Oh, amazing. And in this case, uh, John Lally literally took him under his wing. And uh, there were times uh, that the executives who t- who uh, do these internships for us will actually work directly uh, with our students. So to get that kind of experience, it's just invaluable. And and he's going to be, become an accountant. So in, in this case, nice. it helped him uh, understand examine whether or not mm-hmm. he really wanted to become an accountant, which he now does. Yeah, you did. Did, did you want to give him any words of advice? No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, was I, an accounting, guys know I was an accounting major at Penn State. So, yeah. Okay. yeah. Sometimes you don't end up as an accountant. I mean, but... <laughs> well, you but, did. Yeah, I did. I just was very bad at it. Um, but I'm sure you're going to do a whole lot better. You seemed a little more determined. Well, a lot more determined. Okay, Elvira, what kind of stuff are they going to be asking me and Anthony on Saturday night? By the way, we're going to kick everyone's butt. I don't care. Like, I'm relying on you. I think we can divide and conquer here. <laughs> All right. So what kind of stuff are we looking at here Saturday night? So what, are they a team and they go yep, against other people? Yes, and they'll be, in round one, they'll be paired um, against Lisa Sylvester of WPXI and Sydney Barlow, one of our star students at Oakland Catholic. Okay, so if people want to attend this event at Follows in Carnegie on Saturday night, how do they do that? Uh, go to crossroadsfoundation.org. We set, we're selling our tickets online. Okay, cool. Val? Okay, so these are representative of the questions that will be asked Saturday night. Which George Orwell novel is about a downtrodden society of overworked, mistreated animals? Oh, my God. I know. I mean, that's, that's animal form. Ding, 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 ding. There you Correct. go. I mean, it, right, it, you literally the said the name of the book. I'm, re- I'm just reading okay. the question. All right. <laughs> Which of the following is the best-selling comedy album of all time in the U.S. according to Billboard? Ooh, that's a rock jock talk question. Yes, uh, Jeff Foxworthy's "Games Rednecks Play," Adam Sandler, "What the Hell Happened to Me," Weird Al Yankovic, "Bad Hair Day," Beavis and Butthead, "The Beavis and Butthead Experience," 
or Larry the Cable Guy a very Larry Christmas? So I'm Jeff Foxworthy for this one. I know. Well, this is not fair though, Anthony. Like I feel like uh, Jeff Foxworthy, Adam Sandler, Weird Al, Beavis and Butthead, Larry the Cable Guy. Man, I'm, I I don't know this. No, I I would think it's Foxworthy just because his appeal is so huge. Is that your final answer? Yeah, that's my final answer. It's Adam Sandler, two point one three seven million sold. Foxworthy second Dude, with two point million sold. You're you didn't carry even us. get your your uh, my category prime category <laughs> right. All right. Next question: Which river are you? Fa- this is ninth grade only in the bird category. Uh, which river are you facing if you're standing on home base at PNC Park? The the Allegheny. Um, yes. The, the Allegheny is correct. All right. Yes. I'll do the rivers questions. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Want one more? Yeah. All right. What two, and this is ninth grade, hair raising, what two parts of the human body are hairless? Well, on me, it, well, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, are two parts of the human body are hairless? Two parts. I would think a lot of your it, organs are hairless, and that- I, I would say so. They're on the inside. It's not, not organs. No. The palm not, of your hand? That's one. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Uh- your, eyes. your tongue, the nose, your eyes aren't. Hairy. Oh, you have hair on your nose. I do. Well, some people. Your what did you tell me? Hairy. Yeah, you know how like your dad will get that one crazy hair that just grows really long. Or somebody has a fuzzy nose. nose. So the palm of your hand, palm of your hand, and then think about a the, similar area. Your foot. Oh, the, yes. foot. the bottom of your foot. Soles of okay. the feet. Okay. There right. you go. So those are representative of the questions that you'll be. Okay. What do we win? If I think Ant- I me fail. and Anthony win, what 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 do we win? Well, the winning scholar uh, wins a five hundred dollar uh, package for their first year of college to pay for direct expenses. The first, and Lord knows, there's many of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that's great. And um, uh, celebrity, we have little prizes for the celebrity. Okay, what? Uh, the, who are the Pittsburgh uh, media me- people who are going to be a part of this again? Uh, you, uh, Lisa Sylvester from WPXI, uh, Lynn Hayes Freeland from KDK, and Emilio uh, Cornicione. Celebrity stylist. Uh, Emilio. Yeah. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, do you know the Howard University fight song? You know where you're going? Uh, I do not know the fight song. It's called the Woo Song, by the way. Just so you know. it's The fight song is called the Woo Song. It's called the Woo Song. Yeah. I wanted to play it, but it appears that we're not. Uh, it's not coming up the way I wanted it to here on the YouTube and the whatnot. Things seem to be goofy here this morning, but I was going to. Here we go. There you go, buddy. Get used to that sound. You're going to be running out on the field. And who do you guys play? Who's Howard play? Like Marshall and teams like that? Uh, we, we play teams like Campton University, okay. uh, Norfolk, North Carolina A&T, Bethune, Cookman. Um, Florida we, A&M? Florida A&M. And we play a few out-of-conference games. Our first game is against Ohio University ah, in Athens. Bobcats. Yep. And then our second game is against Kent State. Uh, so we play a few um, out-of-conference big games. All right. The golden he's, flashes. He's already got the uh, schedule me- uh, memorized. Mm-hmm. I like that. From Central Catholic, Anthony Young. He'll be my partner Saturday night for Are You Smarter Than a Crossroads Scholar? And you can go to crossroadsfoundation.org to get tickets to see us there and uh, come have uh, a couple of libations and some delicious uh, food and uh, watch me make a fool out of myself while... Anthony props me up. Hey, man, it was nice to meet you. I'll see you Saturday night. All right. And uh, continue Get success. Get ready to carry this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Dead yeah. weight. Yeah, right. there's Thank no you, doubt Brad. about that. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with us right now on the DVE Morning Show. And uh, thanks again to uh, Anthony for coming in here. Anthony Young from Central Catholic, who will be my partner at the uh, Saturday night Are You Smarter Than a Crossroads Scholar oh, event. That was a fun segment. He's 
Yeah, he's an impressive kid. You know, mm-hmm. like honor student, football scholarship. That's that's an impressive young man right there. Well, as uh, Bob Labriola would tell you, that's a Central Catholic guy. Okay, well then there you go. What do you got going on over there? I had a weighted GPA of 2.0, by the way. (laughs) I tried to step on the scale as much as possible. Bill, it's been my experience that 2.0 is good enough, brother. Oh, yeah, it is. I used to have a saying in my academic career, (laughs) take the credits and run. (laughs) Yeah. Keep moving forward, baby. There you go. Style points not necessary. Sports, this hour brought to you by (laughs) Golden Oak Lending. Getting Malk and holding court again after Penguins practice yesterday and a number of subjects to discuss and a number of interesting answers from Evgeny Malkin. Let's start with the way that Caps game ended Sunday night. Malkin kind of losing it for whatever reason. A couple of the Penguins seemingly flipping out after falling to the Caps. Uh, Evgeny Malkin had no problem with that whatsoever. No, I think it's good. It's like last minute. It doesn't matter. Like We already lost game, but it's... I hate like when you know like you lost like uh like game and you do it nothing. I mean like usually like it's good like show to team like uh, we upset we we lost game we we ready to play but it's like we not score like a power play you know like it's not work like we have so many so many great chances like to score but we not score. I think we all like guys like in locker room like met after last game because we feeling we can win you know and uh, this is fine. Like it's couple fights, you know. Like we show, like we're ready to like uh, play like against like any team, and uh, we we show like uh, we together. I mean, like it's so huge. Like it's uh, we I, I see after like after game like uh, coach locker room. We like so together. Like uh, we understand. Like we have great team, uh, great team. Like but we lost. It's fine. But uh, we show like heart here. We show like heart here. Are they showing themselves? Are they showing the rest of the league? Is he showing himself? Doesn't matter, right? Just uh, when he talks about how together they are and how they they understand uh, they shouldn't be losing, and they're upset about it, and that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, little veteran perspective there, right? When Mike mm-hmm. Lang said yesterday, it's just Gino firing himself up, if if nothing else, uh, that's good enough reason for me for him. Yeah, if he's going, that that's a big deal. If, if he's going as hard as he can go, and if, if he is as engaged as he can be. Uh, that's going to make them a very tough out. And uh, Malkin believes they're going to be a very tough out. He emphasized yesterday that his belief in the Penguins' playoff potential is unwavering as always. I will always believe my team. I always believe his group. You know, it's uh, I see this guy every day, and uh, we're still hungry. I mean, like uh, we talk a lot about like uh, this year, like. Everyone's wait like what's going on like with this team like we lo- we lost like couple good players but we're still great like I mean like uh, like we signed Brassar you know he's he's helped so much for us and uh, he I, I hope he's back to playoffs and uh, amazing team and I believe like if we're not in playoffs I'm be like so mad for sure but then uh, <laughs> you say me like why you say <laughs> two months ago but. I'm happy we're in, you know, I am uh, believe my group, and uh, we see what's going to like uh, in playoffs, but we're ready to play for sure. I, lo- I love I listening love to him talk Gino. because it's like listening to a kid who, like, you know how kids never really lie? He's like, you know, we lost a lot of people, you know, but uh, we're still pretty good. I Hanwick stink, but, you know, like most everyone <laughs> good. I'd be, like, really mad if we didn't, like, you know, make the playoffs <laughs> and everything, you know, because we're, like, busy and everything. 
We wouldn't well, be like so busy. Well, they say it's harder to lie in your second language. Uh, oh, I've not For heard that, but sure. that makes sense. That? Yeah. No, that makes total sense. So it's, yeah, he's speaking from the heart as he uh, has. Latang lost step, but otherwise, you know. <laughs> Latang minus 300, yeah. not good. But he's not been we good still since, believe in him. His uh, neck work good, but legs, not so much. Yeah, there, there were times uh, throughout this regular season that's going to conclude this week where uh, the Penguins play, uh, cast a little doubt on whether they were still uh, as engaged as they need to be, whether they were still as capable as they need to be. But uh, Malkin said yesterday, don't read anything into the regular season. The playoffs are a new season. No, I think we're fine. I mean, it's not perfect every season, you know, like, uh, like it's every time, like, we, we, we work hard. I mean, like, it's like first season, like, it's long season, and right now. Last two years we played so many games and uh, we still fight. I mean, like uh, we not win a lot this year, but we still in. You know, we we understand like it doesn't matter what plays in uh, in playoffs, but it's new. It's new game. Like and uh, we like uh, we we like it. We 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 happy we we in playoffs and now we we need like win tomorrow. Like start at home and it doesn't matter against who. Doesn't matter what game, but we need win. He's talking about the Columbus game on Thursday. That's uh, maybe the game for second place in the Metro and maybe the game that will decide who has home ice advantage in a first-round Penguins-Blue Jackets matchup. Oh, we like ready to win. That was good stuff from uh, Evgeny Malkin. It's he's been... Uh... Last couple of years, he's been different that way. And that's a guy mm-hmm. that's as good as he is and has the resume that he has should be that kind of prominent uh, spokesman slash right. conscience of the team. I think that kind of stuff really resonates. I do think that a lot of it is his, uh, he, you know, maturity at home. You know, he's maybe, maybe just getting older, having maybe. a family, having he's a kid, a dad, and all of a sudden uh, he, he's he's growing up and uh, he's taking a little more responsibility on the ice too. It's a long way from the start of his career when he would speak for five minutes in Russian. Uh, like it was a Godzilla movie, and translator George Bierman would say something along the lines of, uh, he say he happy to score a goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. George, he was talking for half an hour. That's what you got for us? <laughs> Bucko's at it tonight. <laughs> yeah, weather permitting. Weather permitting, uh, yeah. Game two of the two-game series. Dollar night. So they're not at it tonight. Against Minnesota. Buck night. Supposed to get really cold, according to Valerie. I have no reason to doubt her. No, she Imagine never lies. High winds, too. Wind yeah. warnings. They play. What do you think the crowd's going to be? Boy, I cannot believe the amount of analysis uh, I've uh, been seeing about the crowd size oh, on opening day being a harbinger of things to come. That's a story all year. That and the the trade guys. Yep. You know, and and understanding that those trades were made for the future as well as for the right now, but that's still the way it's going to be. The fact that the thirty thousand tickets sold for the home opener was, you know, that includes season ticket holders. The actual attendance in that first pitch looked to be about. Maybe half full. And I thought it was very significant, again, that they swept the Tigers and you had Jamison Tyone on the mound, who is, you know, one of the guys. The if right. not the guy. I'm a huge Jamison and, Tyone fan. You know, you can, you can bitch all year about their the way they handled setting up the roster, but you watch those games and they win three. And I thought people would wake up and say, ah, to hell with it. Let's go. You know, they're undefeated. Uh, Tyone's pitching. I think the weather, I think there, uh, it was uh, compounded by the weather. Yeah. I think if it was nicer, you would have saw a pretty big walk-up crowd. People going, all right, I'll, I'll give Maybe. it a chance. But the, the town the, the has weather's... toughed it out before, though, for 
Bill said okay. it yesterday. The weather made it easy for everybody to keep holding the grudge. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, think, I think this grudge is going to take some getting over. I, well, I think the trust, earning back the trust is going to take a long time. When we come back, Dave Damashek joins us. You've heard of March Madness. Well, Dave does April absurdity, and you won't want to miss this segment. It's the DVE Morning Show. Dave Damashek joining us right now. NFL Network's uh, Dave Damashek. Also, uh, he is the uh, creator of one of the uh, the world's greatest podcasts, uh, if you haven't uh, been so inclined. Th- this is a good time to do so because, Dave, it's March Madness is, oh, is, 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 is done. We're out with the March Madness, and we're in with the, abs- is it April Absurdity? Is that what it that's is? That's right. You know, yeah. that, that's right. What's happening, fellas? Long time no speak. Yeah, but, uh, I know. What's up, Dave? But, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, football season's over, if you didn't hear. And, uh, yeah, I like to use <laughs> my show in the lean months, the the uh, the non-game uh, months, to really focus on the, the game of life. And, you know, everybody now sure. does. Every Johnny-come-lately does their March Madness bracket. But, mm-hmm. you know, that at this point's pretty pretty hack, you know. I now do April Absurdity. At a bracket, and and this year we're focusing on the party in a movie you most wish you could have attended. And once you start thinking about it, man, your 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 mind uh, runs wild with the party <laughs> in a movie you most. This is a good distraction because reality, fellas, is not especially great if you if you haven't been paying attention. Everybody <laughs> out there is a doubter about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Meantime, we live in a state where the Eagles are at the top of the mountain, and now Villanova's at the top oh, yeah. of the mountain. Scary. And all we're left to do is to try and conjure trades. I can't tell if I'm dealing with it. You two must be dealing with it all the time. Everybody in half of Pittsburgh is trying to figure out how to get three first round picks for Martavis Bryant, <laughs> dude. Dave, why aren't the Steelers trading away Martavius and getting, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, like three uh, guys who make us win the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we're on the front line. Plus, the Flyers are going to be in the playoffs, too, so everybody's barking uh, about that. Oh, shame the devil if we have to play them. I don't want to see it. No one wins those series. Even if you win it, you still then have to go on and play another uh, diminished by the by uh, another confrontation with the uh, with my with the most hateable team in all of sports. Is that fair by the way? Yes, forget the I Ravens, so. forget the Patriots, the Nittany Lions or anyone else, right? The the Flyers are the most hate. And that's a good question actually, fellas. In in Pittsburgh sports, I take a poll of a, 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 of uh, the banks of the Three Rivers. Is that right that the Flyers are the most hateable team? in Pittsburgh sports history? I would say it's close with the Patriots. If if not, no, this is a dynamic answer because it depends on when. All right. It's changing. It it would have been the Browns at one point. No. At one point, it would have been in the the eighties. It would have been the Browns. The Penguins, nobody paid attention to them. The All right. But yeah, but uh, maybe in 1952, but I mean, (laughs) but you know, it's like the Bengals and the Browns are, are uh, twin punchlines for us to... They are now. I'm saying this answer has changed throughout time. But if you're going to take, you know, in the aggregate of the last four decades, the Flyers and the Ravens, I think, are are real close. Don't sleep on the Islanders, too. They've caused that. First of all, they they were a a bully in the 
uh, 80s to us, and then when we finally get our chance for a reckoning, David Volick spoils that. Right. What right. are we doing? Why, why am I making myself more upset? I don't have a nice talk about, about uh, silly movies, and now all of a sudden you taking a dark turn. Okay, here's what I want to do. You put out online yesterday on Twitter uh, for the DDFP podcast the list of movies that you are considering putting in the bracket of 64. You need 64 parties uh, from movies to to start your bracket, and I think you need to whittle some of these away. I agree. Tell me what that's that's exactly good. I've come to the right place. Okay. This is what I need because I, I, I threw it out to the Twittersphere, and I was overwhelmed by the response, including from you, Bauman. You came up with some gems. The problem is is that we've now... Uh, exceeded 64 by a lot. Okay, so now you need to get rid of some. And I, here's Is there a play-in game? A play-in party? I don't know. What do you think? Do we need that? I mean, I think you know how you play in, I think, is everybody throws out, as soon as you say best party you've seen in a movie history, people just start throwing out parties. And I said, I, I, I don't want parties. I want the best parties, you know? I want to go to the toga party in Animal House. I don't care as much about the 17 dozen high school-based movies. Like, hey, the parents are away, and they have a keg. Like, all right, we've seen. There there are a couple that stand out, like Weird Science. Like, Weird Science is a good one Mm -hmm. because that one's punctuated by a biker gang breaking down the wall. Now you think, like, well, I wouldn't want that, but you would want that. If you're an attendee of this, you wouldn't want to be the owner of the house, but wouldn't that be the greatest (laughs) if you're a 17-year-old kid like, and then at 3.30 in the morning, a ba- biker gang broke the walls down, and they took us all hostage for an hour and a half. Like, that would be a memory that would last for the rest of your life. That would be yes. a good party to be at. Yeah, okay. they did a motor jump, like, through the window, <laughs> through the bay well, a window. Bald guy with a, a bald guy with a crooked eye held me at gunpoint. You know, like, that was a, you, know you would love it. It would be a story that you would tell for, for the rest of your life. Okay, so some of these, I think, are just parties and not necessarily parties you'd want to be at all right so let's go right. through, let's go through boogie nights the pool party yes i gotta say in. that's a one seat that's in i uh, agree with that exactly crawford that's a one seat okay old school the mitchapalooza oh that was a smasher animal house toga party yeah smasher all right and then tom hanks bachelor party legendary party scene with the band and the donkey and what have you, that goes in there, no problem. Here's where I think you can save some space. You have two parties okay. in for Titanic and Great Gatsby. You got to pick the best party in that movie. You can't, you know, it's at Gatsby's house, yeah. right? I mean, that's, I think the, yes, that's I agree. the one. I agree. Okay, Titanic. Well, you I, have, I, what, go ahead. Well, I, yes, I'm with you in theory, but I feel like in a couple of cases that, well, like with the Godfather. Doesn't the party in Cuba in Godfather 2 seem in a way like it would be more fun than Tahoe? But the Tahoe party looks grand as well. So I hate to exclude either or. that Maybe that's your play-in game, is, is, is doing two parties from the same movie. That's, right. But mm-hmm. I, 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 hear, I, I like where, you're, where your head's at here. We certainly don't need two parties from Eyes Wide Shut as a friend. No, no. Um, risky business, you had to have that one in there. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's a key difference here is I like risky business. I they're paying. Yes, it would be fun if you're 16 and your neighbor is like, "Hey, come over. I'm having a bunch of hookers come over." But of course, <laughs> then the the grim reality of I don't know what they were charging them, but you're paying for that. 
versus a bachelor party with Tom Hanks and company, I think it's implied if you attend the party, nobody's asking you to chip in for the hookers. Right. Yes. Or anything else, which makes it the greatest party of all time. <laughs> okay. Everything there is free, and it's all—it's everything you can imagine. That's the craziest party of all time. Capote, cocktail party. Get rid of it. Here's the thing. Interesting mm. is all get out. Don't get me wrong. But that is not going to – has, it has no business in the, in the field of 64. Hey, that's what a lot of people said about Loyola of Chicago a few weeks back. <laughs> <laughs> but they you do, and the other one, be the Ramblers, the cocktail sister, whatever. The cocktail party at breakfast at, at, at Tiffany's. Get rid of it. <laughs> you don't know my audience, Bauman. All right, but here's where you do hit the home runs: the movie Big Night, the dinner party for Louis Prima. Yes. Now that's a yes. party. Wouldn't you love to be there? That says something bad about me because. I keep coming back, and then I also, speaking of Godfather, back to that, I, the other one that I feel like, you know how the, the NCAA tourney um, committee, they always are so amused by themselves and actually Pitt always suffered. Uh, the Jamie Dixon, Ben Howland era, Pitt teams era. I was like, won't it be cute if we put a super defensive team against Pitt in the second round? Like, what are you doing? Why are you screwing with Pitt? Like, because it'll be a fun matchup. Like the final score will be forty-two to forty-one. Like, what? What are you doing? That's not. It's the same thing. Maybe we should put food-based parties against one another. You oh, know, use yeah. the same power and do Michael Corleone's Sicily wedding to the Italian lady, not not uh, Kay, of course. Uh, like you know, well, you know. Uh, Monday, Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Thursday. Yeah, that yeah. lady who gets blown up in the car later. Apollonia. Uh, that 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 outdoor. Yeah, Apple, oh, very nice. But yes, I think. Well, you the, could have it as a region, Dave. You could have like a food yes. region. You could have a dance region because I know you have some dances on there, and that kind of like the Prince's Ball from Cinderella. Yes. Come on. Well, if you're going to have it in there, you have to put it up against uh, Back to the Future, Enchantment Under the Sea, dance or something. I, I, this is exactly right. I think, uh, yes, I think as much as there's a preponderance of these high school parties. And the bottom line is, with very few exceptions, it's fun to say, wow, that was a rager. But it was like, all right, uh, yeah, that would be fine. But it's not that if you're picking the party that you get to go into in history, I can assure you it's not the 16 Candles party. Well, that's just it. Illustrating your point, the high school party... Uh, region alone could take care of a big problem. You could wipe That's out right. all the high school. You could get it, get it down to one because between sixteen candles, weird science can't, can't hardly, hardly wait. wait. Yep. Um, even um, well, back to school's college, but there are so many high school um, super bad, risky business. I agree. We have to. They they must vanquish each other. Yes. Before they before they. The only the exception to that one, though, and I hope it will win, but I suspect if we throw this out to the general public, which we will, um, a, a recency bias will um, will overwhelm, dazed, and confused the beer bust. But the beer mm -hmm. bust is the greatest. Uh, it's that, right? legendary. That, that again, Montana. that's what you this balancing of. I would love to be at the Wolf of Wall Street on the yacht kind of mentality is one side of it, or, you know, like maybe if you're a wiseacre, you would say, I'd love to be at the mask party in uh, in Eyes Wide Shut. 
But then again, there's something um, nostalgic, but the party that you always want to be at when you're 16 and when you're 56, you always mm-hmm. want to go back to the beer bust, right? That's yeah. the best party ever. Yes. In reality. Right. It's a, a reality-based party, you know, where we can get fanciful and uh, and depart the planet Earth and be on the Endor moon after uh, the evil empire is vanquished, but... You know, then also, you know, the the dazing if used one, uh, you know, hey, I'm, bur- I'm smoking weed with my friends, and 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 the threat of uh, maybe getting beaten up by a bully, yeah, while you're uh, while you're trying to get your your red cup filled with uh, warm <laughs> keg beer, somehow that's two uh, full kegs. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, <laughs> high school parties, uh, college parties, weddings, cocktail parties. And like dances or balls, etc. Like you kind of have all of those. That's kind of what encompasses this. So there's almost subregions that you can uh, put together in order to, as you said, vanquish one another, so that you have the unique parties coming out. So you're actually going to see a battle of what kind of party do people think is the best? Yeah, that's so right. And mm-hmm. that's, I guess, that's what I was getting at with the Capote and the. Um, uh, breakfast at Tiffany's and all that. There's, so, you know, the it's the madman thing. You know, the the overly dressed here for our eyes in the 21st century. That the uh, the idea of wearing a skinny tie and suit to uh, to a cocktail party and and the uh, the cool jazz, the Miles Davis playing in the background kind of thing. That's that seems like a fun place to be, right? No doubt about oh, it. All right, for so sure. folks need to uh, to to follow Dave on Twitter. Submit any ideas that you might have for that. Like the weddings alone, you could do the Godfathers, the Easy Money, um, the, Deer Hunter. Yes. Oh, the Deer Hunter. Oh my, oh god. my god! Yeah, I forgot that about one. The deer Hunter wedding. So follow Tremendous. Dave on Twitter. Listen to the uh, DDFP podcast. And uh, make sure you contribute to the April absurdity bracket. And Dave, thanks for dances. Letting- I mean, the dances with with um, in in um, Back to the Future. You have you get to see the first time anybody had ever heard any kind of rock and roll. You get Chuck Berry's That's cousins a good point. there. Performing. Yeah, you're right. You're you're right about that. That's right. If you uh, and 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 that's an important note. You're not a key character in this. You're not. You don't become Michael J. Fox in back to the future if you're attending this party you are of the appropriate age it's not the three of us by the way walking in to the can't hardly wait high school party like hey who brought the cops (laughs) (laughs) we we are just we just we're we're wallpaper we get to be there we mix in we're of the appropriate age and we get to enjoy everything there that's that we're anonymous attendees at whatever party that that we're talking well, for that matter, then a hot tub time machine. Oh, uh, I love it. Yeah, you know the the party at the uh, ski lodge. That's exactly right. But I like Crawford's take on that. That's right. If you're at that enchantment under the sea, you're like, whoa, somebody's playing rock and roll. What is that sound? That's exactly right. I, I like that. Or like, whoa, this du- this dude is a, a werewolf, and he just came in in an all white suit. Like, let's let's have a good time. <laughs> or whoa, this this dude just came in. And he's doing some kind of African anteater dance, but sure. let's all jump in it. <laughs> that is, I didn't think about the teen wolf aspect. That's right. Yo! <laughs> yeah, it was a great... How was the party over at Phil's? It was awesome. There was a werewolf there. <laughs> but not like one that attacks people. One that can, like, dunk and 
and breakdance. <laughs> Dunk. Totally cool dude, man. Dunk. This werewolf was totally cool. It was a trip. Like, uh, <laughs> that's a, I got to add the Teen Wolf Party. All right. Crap. All right. Dave Damashek from the NFL Network, DDFP podcast, April Absurdity Bracket. Which party in uh, from a movie would you most like to uh, attend? Dave, this is going to be a huge this, hit. Yeah, this is this will be a big one. Thanks for letting us Thanks, uh, codify this for you. What's that? I said thanks for letting us help codify this for you. No, listen, your your uh, participation has been has proven essential, and I think this will serve as a nice bridge in these final couple regular season days until uh, until the playoffs and the, the the hunt for the three peat begins. Here, this is this is the this is what we need: these little bridges to the next significant sporting <laughs> event. All right, and we didn't even have to talk about Le'Veon Bell being a villain. Oh, thank goodness for that. It's 58 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. Bill Cosby's defense team scored a big victory yesterday when the judge ruled to allow testimony that his accuser talked about making money by framing a celebrity. Jurors will also get to hear how much Cosby paid Andrea Constand in their 2006 civil settlement. The rulings came before the second day of jury selection in Cosby's sexual assault retrial. So far, seven jurors have been chosen. A jury will have 12 jurors and six alternates. Cosby is accused of drugging and molesting Constand in 2004. The number of junior mints in a box is in question, and the courts may have to settle it. An Illinois woman's lawsuit says the company's theater box is too big and tricks people into thinking they're getting more candy than there really is inside. And there's really nothing worse than that. Page Stem's lawyers filed the suit last week against Tootsie Roll, who makes junior mints. Her case calls it intentionally misleading consumers and comes after a similar lawsuit was filed by someone else a few months back. Stem's lawyers are asking for class action status. (laughs) Fighting the good fight. (laughs) Well, who doesn't turn to comfort food at some point? Especially probably now that winter's dragging on forever. Well, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Yeah. Body craves fat right now. Yeah, mine is craving a lot of fat. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) oh, winter's not over. And I am giving in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not winning this battle. (laughs) What are the top 10 comfort foods in America? Now, this is, I'm guessing this is real food, not snacks, based on this list. But, uh, yeah, oh, like a, a meal that makes you... Yeah, but snacks a lot of time is a comfort food, like ice oh, yeah. cream or whatever. Sure. Uh, this, like I said, this list is kind of BS. It's, it's It'll cause debate. Pizza, number one. Yeah. As a comfort food. That's my number one. Without a doubt. After that, it's hamburgers. <sighs> oh, burgers are so good. They are. Not but, my comfort food. But do you food, look though. at it as like, oh, I've... I'm just feeling I need some comfort food. I'm going to have a hamburger. No, I think pot roast mashed potatoes type thing. Like, I think like a big Sunday night, like, you know, home-cooked meal yeah, as fri- comfort food. fried chicken. I was just going to say fried chicken. French fries. Pasta. Pasta. Mac definitely. and cheese. Definitely mac and cheese. Grilled cheese. Ooh. Or toasted cheese. I forget what the battle is. What? No, it's grilled it's, cheese. It's, it's toasted grilled cheese. cheese is not a thing. Toasted yes, cheese is, is for people who use Miracle Whip and... Put I don't use celery in their tuna salad. <laughs> mashed potatoes. Mashed. Sit down and have yeah, a big, yeah. big old bowl of mashed potatoes. Well, you know, the old Irish sort of, you know, shepherd's pie, like makeshift shepherd's pie, which is basically just put a ground bunch of beef stuff and in gravy there. and right. then mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Just put a bunch of stuff in we my mashed potatoes. It, they served that at my school and we called it a gravy train. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Beautiful. You are a lucky person. Delish. <laughs> was the gravy green though? No, it was real ah. thin. It was more, it was it wasn't even like a gravy. It was just a real thin, watery brown. We had uh, that made it sound gross. Well, that's why we called a gravy train. We had a similar thing in my high school, and the gravy was like a khaki green color. Like <laughs> that doesn't. No, it was not good. Seem appetizing. We also had pizza that, that, that didn't taste like pizza, but it was still good. And it was like the it was these rect, huge rectangles, and they were, it wasn't really pizza, but it tasted good enough. But yeah, gr- green gravy was. I remember worse. the the way too light gravy. Like it was like like a blonde almost. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking like, about. That oh. was like the stuff that would be in like the Marsala type thing, <laughs> and it would be like water. Yeah, of water. but not yeah. supposed like, but not with chicken Marsala. No, like it would be with mashed potatoes. Yeah, chili. Yeah, I love chili. Well, I could eat chili in the summer. This is one. This is one that would go with a previous answer: tomato soup. Grilled cheese. The, right, it goes with your toasted cheese. cheese. Right, and you yeah. know why that's good? Because everything is pizza. If, if you boil it <laughs> down, it in. the ingredients of pizza make up all of our favorite foods. I tried to explain this to my daughters, and they were not on board. I was like, this Dunk is just deconstructed pizza. Yes. Tomato soup, grilled cheese, all the elements of a pizza are here. They're like... That's gross. You know why? Because little <laughs> kids don't like the bitterness of the tomato soup that's like Campbell's. You have to get the stuff that has a little sweetness to it. Or like a little cream in it. Yes. If you just yeah. make Campbell's soup, tomato soup, kids are never getting down with that. Speaking of sweetness in the like tomato sauce, like have you guys, I don't know if my mom for some reason puts sugar, sugar in her. Yeah, so do I. Spaghetti sauce. Yeah. And like, my mother-in-law doesn't. If we're out. And she my, will ask for yeah. sugar packets. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. No. Well, that's it takes the acidity out a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Yeah. My mother, my mother-in-law makes it without sugar, and I put sugar in it. And the first time I made it, Tim's like, "Why don't you get my mom's recipe?" <laughs> Are you serious? That's oh, what it. He didn't even try to oh, finesse man. that one. No. <laughs> uh, why don't you get my mom's recipe? This yeah. is uh, this is garbage. <laughs> He's no like, good. I gotta hit this one head on. <laughs> This is unacceptable. <laughs> Will you ever put uh, cinnamon in your chili? Just no, re- just but people pl- do. Yeah, because like the sweetness that comes out of whatever you're cooking out of the vegetables and the tomatoes and everything it connects with that uh, cinnamon, and it kind of cuts the heat a little bit, the spiciness. Yeah, and it has or like, chocolate. Yeah, sure. some people put chocolate in in uh, chili. Yeah. What? Never heard this, dude. Chili. I mean, it's the tree of life, as far as I'm concerned. I actually shouldn't say that about my mother-in-law's sauce because I've never watched her make it. You shouldn't say what? That it's great? No, no, no. That she doesn't put sugar in it because I don't, I really don't know oh, that. Oh, so you, you never even learned so how to make it? I never learned her recipe. I'm like, you're going to eat what I make yeah. and you're going to like it. Lay it down the lot. <laughs> I'm giving you the most bitter sauce ever, pal. Go home to eat your mother's sauce if you like it so much. <laughs> We're a bitter marinara house, Okay. Um, Take it to work if you don't like it. <laughs> they haven't had spaghetti in six years. <laughs> uh, what's your biggest turn off when you go to the home of someone you're dating for the first time? They uh, use Miracle Whip and the tuna fish. <laughs> and put sugar in their tomato yeah. sauce. Uh, according to the first date home impression survey by Porch.com, the biggest turnoffs for women are 
a pregnancy te- test in the garbage can? <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, that, that's like saying blood on the walls. Right. Like, of course. Uh, the Condoms everywhere. Yeah, his wife. Used. Uh, yeah. His wife. If the person's roommate is their ex. Yeah, this is, all right. If there are drugs or drug paraphernalia out okay, in so the you open. Okay, see, know that. I can see that. Being turned off by seeing a guy's, you know, three foot bong sitting over mm-hmm. there. Oh, sorry, ferment. I forgot to put the graphics away. I guess this is was a like a multiple choice survey uh, for men. The three biggest turnoffs when going to a woman's place for the first pregnancy time. test. Well, that was number two. <laughs> roommate with her ex. Y- yes, if the roommate is the ex is number one. Pregnancy test in the trash number two, and remnants of a previous relationship number three. The biggest turn ons. Oh. What if the remnants were a baby? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a holdover from the last relationship. It's in the trash. Come on. <laughs> biggest turn-ons for both men and women, a home that smells nice. Oh. The yeah. biggest turn-on. Smells. Yeah. S- smells are key. All it, about the smells. Having a dog. Yeah. A comfy bed, which the first time you go over is aggressive. <laughs> Look, man. And living alone were also big turn-ons for both men and women. Living alone, independence. Again, this seems to be a poll taken for people under 30. Living alone. Maybe not. Those people in their 30s live with their parents. For for some reason, like living alone to me has a sad connotation to it because in your 20s, you don't live alone. You got your own place. There's a different, there's a whole different feel to it. Right. I got my own pad, not. I live alone. <laughs> yeah, but let me tell you something. I had roommates right up until I was 27 years old. And that like that was the first time that I did live alone. I had my own apartment and mm-hmm. I was like this is where it's at. Yeah. I loved having roommates and I loved the like company the com- and everything. The camaraderie. Yeah, but yeah. after a while you're like, "Oh my god, all my stuff is still here. There's nobody else's stink." Anywhere here, right. there's not like hairs around the toilet I can't <laughs> identify. Wow, that's so disgusting. The guy's like, "Sorry, man, I cleaned up for a big day tonight. I'll see you <laughs> later." You're like, "Ah, dude." Ah. In Boston, I shared a. We, I had an apartment with five other people, and f- the five other people all went to different colleges. And the this one chick was super aggressive. Like there was, it was, you know, male female. And this girl who I, I I cooked a meal and then left and, you know, left. Didn't clean up. Dishes yeah. in the sink. I came home and she had all the dishes stacked up in front of my door <laughs> with a post-it on my door that said, you know, in this Next time. apartment, we clean up after ourselves. That's not okay. No, I, I mean, threw it down the hallway. <laughs> it's not okay that you did that, but it's a minor infraction. What she did, uh, all she needs to do is be like, dude, your dishes are in the sink. Right. Would you, like, don't leave them there. That's really annoying. That, was it all guys except for her? No, there, oh, was, okay. there was three girls. Did anybody I was going to say, that might have been the 10th thing of the day some guy in the apartment did to piss her off. Did, True. Did Very you, true. Anybody like, hook up with each other in the apartment? The no, not that I know of. I don't think so. There was a couple girls that had a crush on this one dude. 
But he was like mysterious. He was, he was me. Never around. <laughs> he was mysterious and kind of funny. And uh, anyway, left stuff in the sink all the time. The <laughs> anyways, the anyways, they all had it out for me. No, I, I, I would never do that. I had two living experiences where girls lived in the apartment, like, ex- like three guys, uh, three girls, or two, you know, three girls, two guys type thing. And in both cases, it turned into soap operas by the end of the five six months or whatever it right. ended up being you know it was like all right well this was a good experiment how Let, could it work out any it. other way it would only end in disaster if everybody's in college it's just it, i mean at least we didn't go to the same schools that that was that's helpful you could escape each other that way yeah yeah joe barton's <laughs> hanging out with us right now did you ever have a the, the series of bad roommates or were you married young and i've had a lot of everything yeah, <laughs> I've had so many bad roommates. I've yeah. had so many great roommates. Me too. I had great but ones. So many. My first roommate ever. My first day of college had his grandmother's gallbladder stones. In <laughs> hanging, uh, he was hanging, uh, hanging. In, in a jar. That's a pit. <laughs> Dude, who? What? What? Did she die? I guess uh, he was. Uh, he was like in Mensa at Pitt. I, I was in Tower A. And he was my roommate for like three weeks. Then I got the great Andy Michelli. But yeah, I, yeah I've come had from it. a big family. Like that's he got the stones. Like that seems like they had to. He was a little odd. Was he, he a med student? No, he was just like he always met. He was a very smart guy, which I didn't relate to him at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, here's how we moved in at halftime of a Steeler preseason game. <laughs> my dad and my cousin were like, "Good luck, that guy's weird." <laughs> Third quarter starting, they dropped me off. And Good then, luck, that guy's weird. <laughs> you they, come in with rosary beads. He's got gallbladder stones. You're like, I don't know if this is gonna work. Yeah, we actually hung <laughs> a sheet up. In between one of the little tower, like in between the beds, so, yeah. So he couldn't see what was going on in my bed. That's that's smart, I guess. I mean, college I almost don't count because it was just so crazy. Well, it's I lived in San roommate. Francisco then for eighteen years, and you know how many roommates I had there. So I had some crazy ones there. Now, did you always have people you know, or did you advertise for roommates and get get strangers sometimes? Uh, I did the whole thing. Gone going on interviews. Mm. Like oh, you have to really? go and be interviewed. Oh, yeah, it would just be tough to. You have to break into that city. Yeah. Like a job interview. Because it used to be you could afford to live there. Now you can't. Now you But know. it was 350 bucks, but you had to be cool. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. all right. Yeah, I moved that's there with less than 500 affordable. bucks. No in my kidding. pocket, yeah. So did you end up meeting cool people right away, or did you have a few? Uh, well, they're just a little too San Francisco weird for me. Uh, you know, I met everyone was cool right away. It was a great city in the 90s. And it was a great everyone was way cool. because Everyone knew we had a good thing going. Right. So I up, that's why if someone lasted like two, I was like someone you slept on someone's couch and then somebody <laughs> knew a dude who needed a roommate. And then you could like work at a record store, sell a little weed and you could survive. <laughs> right. But if you weren't cool, no one was like, hey, yeah, you know, my buddy has a place to stay. You just had to move back home in two weeks. And well, that's just the way it went. I'm trying to think of a city right now where it's cool to move to that hasn't been usurped by some tech boom that has made everything unlivable. Because San Francisco is, it's a shame what has happened to San Francisco. Randy, you're living in it. I this, know. This I, place I, has I, the rep around I, the country. Like, oh, Pittsburgh, it's a great one to move there. Like, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I want to move there too. My wife doesn't. That's why. <laughs> that's why I'm in half in California and half in New York. But that's was the point I was going to arrive at is that like Pittsburgh is kind of at the place where I'm not saying it's going to be the next Austin, uh, but it has that rep of a place where you can go and still have this independence uh, from the the corporate takeover 
of the cool, like, oh, let's gentrify all of this and just make it Brooklyn part five. Well, there's still, and I, I hate this term, but there's still yinzers. You need regular people right. to make the place still cool. If everyone's a fake hipster, the place isn't cool. Right. Well, and that's mm-hmm. been an off, you know, discussed subject here is our concern about losing our yinzer. Bill always tells me my fears are unwarranted because I worry that like there's that just same no thing. chance of that happening. <laughs> I say, you know, one of my friends always says, if you, we lose our yinzer, we're in trouble. And Bill is not worried. We might lose a battle here and there, but we're not losing the war. No, there's that. still too many people living in their ba- in their parents' basement right. at 45. But, but well, I think back even just like I lived in Boston in the early 2000s, and we were there were six of us living in an apartment in Brookline, and we were each paying $550 uh, a month. You know, yeah. I had a basement apartment we were paying 600 bucks each. Yes. And there was five of us. I mean, I was just, it's just in not affordable. Portland last weekend, and that is the height of ridiculous hipster oh, BS. It has cool stuff, and it has kind of jumped the shark now for me where it's too contrived. It's it, Portland, to me, is one of the lamest cities on earth. To me, it's, the, it's, it's, it's a junior varsity city. It's like, if you can't make it in Seattle or San Francisco, move to Portland and retire. <laughs> That's <laughs> so the the line Scotty in Portlandia, where like it's where young people go to retire. Oh, is that what they say? Yeah. Oh, I, that's what my wife says. Because literally everyone in San Francisco, like, yeah, man, I just can't handle it anymore. Well, what are you doing? I'm gonna move up to Portland. <laughs> but it's all white supremacists or hipsters. Like that's a weird one too. It is an ugly, disgusting city. It's like, I disagree. It's like if Steubenville got overrun. <laughs> My hipsters. <laughs> Steubenville is also a wonderful town. Hey, that's the burb of the burg you're talking about. Okay? Yeah, no, but I'm just saying, you know, I mean, there's like there's there's just like junk in the middle of the city. I don't. I mean, yeah, but it's so verdant. It's everything is that's green, a big word, Randy. Green everywhere. It's oh, I like, think everything's brown. Like, what are all those like rusted out bridges and factories just sitting there? Character. No, they're an eyesore. Oh, well, then you'd love Erie, Pennsylvania. I was just there this week, and I was like, wow, everything is character here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a Portland guy, and I'm not going to try to, uh, you know, I'm not trying to make enemies. I'm not an Austin guy either. It's Austin's okay, but I, I lived in San Francisco. If you're trying, to, you're, you can't try to be cool. Well, you're either cool or you're not. Right. So that's what the, the, the larger point we're getting to here is where is that San Francisco in 2018, and you're saying, oh, Pittsburgh. It's pretty close. Yeah. Pittsburgh's way cool. I think there's uh, North Carolina, Asheville's one of those places. Asheville's blown up so much that I feel like, you know, that when towns like that, it's kind of like a stock. By the time you've heard about it, it's too late. Um, you, you know, uh, <laughs> Nashville, but now that's kind of like it's passe or whatever. But Nashville used to be super cool like right. that. Right. Um, now you cannot afford to live in Nashville. Uh, re- I, don't, I don't know. I'm not trying to live any. You're not trying to live anywhere. <laughs> I'm not trying to live. I just bought a place in L.A., so I'm not moving anywhere. Right. Well, you're- Oh, I was just talking to Byrne about this, like just the taxes out there, the income taxes, the property taxes in L.A. It's just it's crazy. And, and people start moving further away from the water that because it becomes at least 
somewhat affordable. Right. And then you realize, why am I in Los Angeles and I live an hour from the beach? <laughs> the only nice thing about Los Angeles <laughs> is the beach. Joe Barnick with us in studio this morning. He's going to be performing with Bill Burr this Friday night at the Benetton Center. Bill will be live in studio with us Friday morning. There are still tickets available for the for the second show, though. I'm guessing not a whole lot. So go to trust-arts.org and get your tickets the that remain for that second show. Friday at the Benner. It's good. Uh, Burr is on fire once again. Yeah. I mean, he's just, I mean, it's so crazy. If I have a new joke, I'm like, that's great. And he's all happy for me. Guy has a new hour every 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so prolific. It's okay. Crazy. Uh, Joe's hanging out with us. The old two nine or Phil Bork, 845, double M, Mark Madden next hour. DVE Sports. Mike Prasuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mikey, what's up? Uh, before we get to the sports, can I chime in on the Dave Damashek? Yes, the uh, April absurdity bracket in which he ranked movie parties that you'd like to be a part of, which are the best movie parties. Yeah, Damashek has inspired me, as he usually does. Yes. Here's my final four. Okay. Now, I don't know who's going to win this, because the final four, anything can happen. Right. But uh, you These gotta, are the best of the best. Uh, traditional number one seed, uh, the Rush Party Animal House. That's Duke. I mean, if, yeah. I, if I show up somewhere to a crappy house, and some guy's urinating on my feet, and then says... Grab a brew. Don't cost nothing. Yeah. I'm home. Sure. Uh, number number two, maybe a good solid two seed. Uh, Connie's wedding reception, the Godfather. <laughs> On this, the day. Hard to beat a good Italian wedding, wedding, especially if I can go to the father of the bride and say, hey, take out Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. And he's got to do it. Plus the soup, you know. And, you know yeah. Oh, yeah. The food is Joe Luna, the music, the, the pasta. Uh, the great Gatsby uh, party. This is the DiCaprio version. Mm-hmm. Imagine being filthy rich in a time when everybody else is poor because it's a depression and having all the booze you could swallow at a time when booze is illegal. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. That's winning. That, that's He's like out in the Hamptons in that party, yeah. right? Yeah. Before it was the Hamptons, though. Yeah. It was just kind of him. Yeah. Like, just, he just owned a beach. Eventually, everybody came there that had more money than they knew what to do with because his place was so great. Yeah. And uh, last but not least, you got to have a Maryland Baltimore County, right? You got to have a, UBM, a Cinderella. UBM, DC, yeah. Uh, I don't even know if this is on Dave's list or not, but uh, the wedding from Fandango. It was. It was okay. on his list. Yeah. Where they kind of throw that together just yeah. by BSing everybody and getting, yeah. getting everybody else to pay for it. And yeah. We talked about it, actually, and uh, so much that we needed to like cut it out of our conversation with Dave because Bill had not seen the movie, and he and I discussed it at length. I think that's a really underrated movie. Oh, it's great. Spielberg. But that's sort of that. I mean, that's why you have them properly seated there. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm not counting them Cinderella. out. Cinderella. I'm not counting them out. Uh, but you know, Animal House against The Godfather. That's Duke, Kansas. Bachelor Party. Why do good girls like bad boys? Why do that, good girls like bad boys? That's that's <laughs> oh, got to yeah. be. Up I mean, there. the party at the Moon Tower is a one seed. Adrian's Med throwing a party in the '80s, though. Eh, it's a pretty good one. Back to school too. Hey, back to school is a big one. Back to school to with win. Oingo Boingo. There's a lot of contenders. It's tough to win. Yeah. Uh, Dave's full bracket available uh, online. Follow him on Twitter or listen to the DDFP podcast. But uh, the Fandango one, by the way, fans of the movie Fandango, you can. This is the last year they're offering it, but there's a tour. And uh, a friend of mine has been doing this like for years. Skydive he, without a parachute. You get to do everything from Fandango. <laughs> and you go down and you get to like be a part of like the party in the town square and everything and they throw a fandango party and you get to tour the set and you get to go to where the dom rock is and stuff like that so just uh fyi this is the last year they're doing it sounds uh pretty cool yeah 
Uh, on to the Penguins, who are uh, getting ready to play Columbus for, well, not all the marbles, but maybe the home ice marbles in the first round on Thursday night. Uh, Columbus, uh, a furious rally against Detroit last night, coming back from 4-1 down and getting it to overtime and winning it 5-4. to So it's uh, Pittsburgh with 96 points and Columbus with 96 points in the Metro. The Devils have 95 after they won last night, and the Flyers lost. The Lord's work. You got to love the Islanders. Barzell, rookie of the year. Johnny T stepping up. That was marvelous. A lot still on the table for the Penguins. We heard from Evgeny Malkin last hour talking about how he never lost faith in his team during that really mediocre first three months of the season. Sidney Crosby didn't either, and uh, Crosby talked about that in detail yesterday. Uh, The apparent disinterest in the early going, it wasn't necessary a reflection of the Penn's attitude at the time as much as it was the need for all teams to kind of go through a reacclimation process to the regular season. It's demanding. I think uh, it's human nature. I think when, you know, you play, you know, a couple seasons of important games like that and you come back and you might not have that urgency or you only remember May and June when everything was great and your team's, you know, firing all cylinders, but... You know, you don't necessarily remember all the little things that happened, playing through injuries, um, you know, guys uh, guys having to come up and step up in new roles, that kind of thing. I mean, you have to go through that stuff over the course of the year, and sometimes it's not quite as fresh in your mind as, as winning is. So I think it, it took us a while to kind of, you know, uh, go through that, even though we've had, you know, two pretty good years previously. I think you need to go through that. And, uh, you know, I thought after after the new year, we, we figured it out a bit more. I've heard him address their lack of urgency in the early going before this year. I've never heard him give any kind of detail as to why. That makes a lot of sense to me. You know, you come off a couple of cups. You don't remember playing a third game in four nights in November with three guys from Wilkes-Barre and your backup goalie in there. Uh, it's a grind. It, it's you got to kind of understand it to to get through it, and the Penguins have. Uh, and now it's a full speed ahead to the playoffs. Uh, like Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby, Patrick Hornquist uh, never lost faith. No, not for me at least. Not, it didn't feel like that in the room. We know what kind of guys we have in here. We know we believe in ourselves, and we want to go for 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 a big goal, and that's that's winning the cup. And then now we're one step closer, and uh, but still we've a long way long way to go. Pens at the Jackets on Thursday. Uh, the Steelers have uh, agreed to terms on a one-year contract to bring back running back Stephen Ridley. That's a good move to ensure some depth at the running back position. Ridley has played in the NFL for New England, the Jets, Atlanta, and Pittsburgh. 26 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown and some late-season work with the Steelers last year after James Conner got hurt. That's a veteran guy who uh, averaged 4.2 yards a carry last year. And that, I thought- that, that is his career average. I thought that would have been more of a priority. I thought they were going to lock him up earlier than this. You know, it's probably, I'm just assuming here, but that's probably a guy who wanted to take a look around to see if maybe there was a shot at a more prominent role, knowing, okay. that, knowing that Le'Veon Bell's going to be here and when he didn't find anything to his liking. If you're going to be a backup, why not be a backup here? And play the first four games. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Lead the league in rushing maybe for the, the first two weeks. Maybe the first nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It could be the first nine. It's with poss- this, it's, with people, this bozo, people anything People should possible. not discount that as a possibility. I'm not saying it's likely oh. or it's going to happen, but it's, with this bozo, anything is possible. You got he's it. He's the best, but he's also, yeah. it's like 
he does everything he can to to inch toward doing the wrong thing from a PR standpoint. And despite his, himself, this kind of like the de- way he runs. Demand for yeah, <laughs> waits for a spot. Waits, oh, waits, there's waits. a hole to do the wrong thing. <laughs> what can I say now to piss everybody? Well, now off? that he wants seventeen million a year, it's just not gonna happen. And, and so, he's he's literally pulling that number out of his arse. Like it's 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 almost all ego, if not all, it's all that. ego. Doesn't other teams using two and three running backs you've never heard of getting past the Steelers? Isn't that the biggest point of not spending seventeen yes. million dollars? And Joe, he had an offer on the table last year that all right, look, he he gambled by not taking it and won. Gets franchised again. The reason I say he gambles is because okay, now he's up for another one. He gets more. Yeah. He got offered more in the second go around, and it's still not enough for him. It's like, dude, you could play one set of downs, get hurt, and it's all gone. All of it. Gone, because nobody's going to give it to you after if you get seriously injured. I would have said goodbye. To I would I would have said goodbye. If you, if you can't win with without with Ben and AB and Chop Liver, then you're not going to win. I mean, there's only one ball. A, I never thought to say this. Brown's better than Swan and Stallworth. He's he a, is. he's he's incredible. He's he is. And, and you have Big Ben. Get some defense. Get someone that can tackle a quarterback. Get someone <laughs> that can make a tackle in the secondary. What? Uh, How could Ben Ben puts up forty five points? They can't win. You know what the NFL? That's ridiculous. Or what the Steelers rushed for last year? What were they ranked in rushing? I don't know. It was like twentieth. Yeah. I don't think that's reflective of Bell's Because they had to come back from a lot of big deficits, I I get it. I think he's a great player, but there is a point of diminishing returns for everybody. You just can't have three franchise guys on the same side of the ball, and they already gave A.B. the money. I think it would have been really interesting to see if they had put the non-exclusive franchise on him and exposed him to make deals with other teams. And those teams would have had to come up with a figure for a long-term deal and then give the Steelers two first-round picks in compensation if the Steelers didn't want to match it. But uh, that would have been a way for them. Okay, you want free agency? Go go see what you're worth. See what everybody else thinks of you. And maybe that would have been enlightening to him. Maybe not. Maybe somebody would have broke the bank. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Joe Bartnick hanging out in studio with us. He'll be with Bill Burr Friday night at the Benningham Center. And when we come back from this commercial break, the old two-niner, Phil Bork on DVE. It's the DVE morning show. And once again... It's time. What's going on? Hey, do you think that song is available yet in the karaoke catalog? <laughs> well, they did do the uh, the long form version oh, of it, yeah. Like so, oh yeah. Version, yeah. Hopefully, Chip Demonic has made that available on uh, iTunes. That would be great, drunk karaoke. That song, right? <laughs> there. Oh yeah, the old two nine. The air guitar, absolutely. Yeah, for yeah, sure. No, the, yeah, the the long form version has uh, all kinds of uh, Borky lore tied into it it's a foot tapper it it really (laughs) is uh we had the hall of famer here yesterday i listened i was glued mike lang oh my goodness that was good nothing like it nothing like it historical perspective i like that joe barton said to him he's like you know outside of the top four 
you're the, the fifth most valuable member of the organization. One of the few times I actually, in the way you phrase that question, where he embraced it. You know, he's so humble. He hates talking about himself. Mm-hmm. But you opened him up where he, he was kind of like, yeah, you're you're kind of you're kind of right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of cool. I'm kind of unique. The block a little it was, bit. It was here. it was refreshing right. to hear him just just open up like that. Well, he's really good. Also, when anytime I get too excited about something, one way or if I get too worried or I get too excited, he reels he, you in. He's like lithium for the Penguins fan. Uh-huh. Like hey, <laughs> we're even yeah, we're gonna middle you out a little bit here. All right, uh-huh. don't get too worried about this. Don't get too excited about that. Uh, but uh, I'm worried right now. Here's my uh, like surface, uh, you know, uh, armchair. Uh, Let's hear it. Uh, you got to be worried about enough. something. Yeah. Defensive. I mean, look, Latang has not sure. been able to return to form, which I understand why. You know, I'm not like pissed at him, but he's just not by his own admission. He thought it was going to be a little rickety, and he said Mike Sullivan talked to him about it, but it has been more than that. It has gone on basically all season long. Right when we thought he might have been able to turn things around, it hasn't gotten any better. No, it's at times it's been a one step forward, two steps back, for right. sure. So He's last year I was worried that we couldn't win without him, and this year I'm worried we can't win with him. Well, <laughs> I, I still believe in Chris Letang because he's an unbelievably talented player, and you have to believe in him. He's your number one defenseman. He's a guy that's that's got to find it uh, come playoff time. And I know I've, we've seen glimpses of it, but we need to see more of it come playoff time. And um, He's talented enough. I, you can't deny his talent, right? And he's done it before in the playoffs. I mean, you remember, he scored the game-winning goal in San Jose two years ago. And so I know that's pretty far removed, but I still you have to believe in this defensive core. I, you know what? Believe it or not, Randy, every team in the Eastern Conference is going – Oh geez, I don't know. I'm not so sure about our defense. What, our Achilles heel. <laughs> yeah. Every team has a little bit. I'm not going to say a weak point, but a moment uh, or, or a part of their lineup where they're not 100 percent sure about. The thing that the thing that I'm worried about. Sorry to interrupt you, Mike. Is a part of the defense. It's the PK. Yeah, that's my biggest concern. Since Cole's gone. Well, I'm not going to go there. That's Ian Why? Cole. So he was good at. He was good at. You know. Yeah. He, okay. All right, but we've got other players that can fill that role. But statistically, since he's been gone, it's gone in the toilet. Is this Robert Gordon or is this Ian Cole? <laughs> Come on, man. We talk about Ian Cole like, holy man, Ian Cole, line one, Hall of Fame. It's Ian Cole. No, but seriously. I mean, <laughs> Jamie Alexiak, guys like this, they can step up and they right. can. I mean, we've got enough guys that can kill penalties and, and go and, and holding the Washington Capitals for uh, 0 for 5. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I'm, and that's, that's the number one thing for me is that PK's got to get better. Getting back to uh, Latang, when you say you, you got to see it more consistently and you got to see more, you're talking about the puck management and the yep. defensive end, right? Yeah. If he's ever going to get back to the form yeah. where he's talked about as a Those, yeah. candidate for the Ian Cole Trophy yep. as the best defenseman in the NHL, yeah, got to stop turning it over. Yeah, and- those are the two things: yeah. uh, identifying your man and the sorting it out, uh, whether it's in the defensive zone or off the rush, and not turning the puck over. And I think for Chris Letang, it needs to start with tomorrow night. Do not be on the ice for a goal against. I don't care if you do anything offensively. Do not be on the ice for a goal against. Because I, I played a little defense in my day, and I've had moments where you're always on the ice for a goal against, whether it's a power play goal against or an even straight goal against. And at some point, you ha- your game will round out if you start piling on one game, two games, three games, four games, where you're not on the ice for a goal against. And you, and you base your, your offensive off of strong defense. He's got to get back to that. 
because there's too many games when he's he's there. He's standing in front of the net, and the puck is in his net. And as much as their offense depends on quick outs and getting the fast break yeah. going, job one's got to be clear of the zone, right? If, if a oh, play's yeah. not there to be nope. made, chip it out. Don't try to make a tape-to-tape nope. pass in traffic. Take what is given. Don't get scored on. Live to re- fight another day. Reset in the neutral zone. You're right. And that's uh, and that's quick decision-making. That's ego. It's, it's all of it. And limitations, knowing what you can and cannot do, and and taking what is given. If If that pass is not there, then go off the window. Go out. And maybe he'll be there the next shift. But, you know, I, I'm not worried about Chris Letang come playoff time. I'll be honest with you. I, I think he's a good enough player. He's a smart enough player. And I think he wears that letter A on his left shoulder with a lot of pride. Know that he's counted on come playoff time to to bring his A game. What do you think about the whole uh, flip a switch theory that the Penguins all of a sudden have to become? I'm not a believer in it, but this is not your typical team. I think this is a team that can flip the switch. And I know but that doesn't make sense. You think they need to? It though. doesn't compute. They have to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't compute to me. I don't think you should be able to do it. But the more I look at this team, I more I look at this team that wants. And tomorrow, don't don't get me wrong. Tomorrow night is a huge game, huge game. Maybe the biggest game of the season. And I'm not going to say must win, but it's as close to a must win because if you win tomorrow, you you lock up home ice for the first round. I think it's a big deal. But I think this team has just been. Waiting for game number 83 so bad, Randy, that I think at times we've seen mediocrity. We've seen the B game, not the A-plus game. But I'm not, I'm not overly worried. I'm not overly concerned. I know a lot of people are, but you still have to believe in this team and the depth that we have and the experiences that we have. It's going to be tough because they're playing Ian Cole tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just saying. I know. Well, then why should we? No, no, what? No, let's just let's cancel the plane, cancel everything, cancel the hotel. Why should we even go to Columbus? <laughs> We're playing Ian Cole. You're right. There you go. I agree with you. Like a stamp, mail the two points in. Here you go. <laughs> save, save the money. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, who are you most concerned about coming out of the East? Nobody. Oh, <laughs> you like that answer, Joe Bartnick? Joey B would say. Boston. Uh, the Boston Bruins have yeah. always uh, scared no. me a little bit. No, I'm, I'm you're scared? I'm not scared. <laughs> I I just think they're no. the best team in the East right I now. I think they're a really good team. Yeah. All right, let's uh, yeah. rephrase. Don't take concern out of it. Yeah. Discounting the Penguins, who impresses you the most? Boston impresses me the most. I agree with you. They it's, can play it any way it, you it's want. A, it's a really good hockey team. They got the good goaltending, a uh, good goaltender. Uh, they have experience. They have young players that, if I rattle off their players right now, you'd be like, who? What? Who's this guy? So they have a nice blend there. And even when they've had all these injuries, they've had McAvoy out, and they've had Chara out, they've had Bergeron out, um, and that little ball of hate that we just can't stand, Marshan, <laughs> he he gets it done, doesn't Not he? a rat. I, I know. Does but, big guy still have it? Chara's yeah. played amazing, and yeah. McAvoy's helping yeah. him out. I, I think, Not yeah. playing quite as much as he used to. No, though, but right? I think that's because McAvoy has come back. And, They're uh, so they have so much depth on defense. Carlo's yeah. out for the year. It doesn't yeah, matter doesn't because McQuaid's been sitting out. No, I know McQuaid's been a healthy scratch. No, that's a team that you know in the seven game series you're probably going seven, right? right? You're Absolutely probably going seven and may the best team win. And uh, yeah, luckily, you know the Penguins take care of business tomorrow that they won't have to worry about playing them in the first two rounds if they get that far. 
Oh. Like I'm not afraid of Tampa Bay. I think we can beat Tampa Bay. Their they they style, don't have that. Yeah, Boston has that nasty. That some. I'm not saying we we can't handle it. It's just a lot to deal with for no, seven Tampa games. tries to outscore you. Yeah, right. Not but they out, can defend right? you. Where but, Boston tries to out defend you, but they have guys that can score. Do you think Tampa has a little edge in goal? He's playing a lot of hockey, Mikey. Alaska looked great last night, though. He plays, he's playing a lot of hockey, and that does not bode well come playoff time. No, I hey, he's a good goaltender. I'm, I, I get what I, you guys are I, saying I on the Bruins. I'm, I give Tampa a slight nod over Boston in terms of danger. Um, different styles, yeah, different styles. You know, will you can you win with defense or can you win with with scoring? You know, because I think well, supposed Rask to be, and Vasilevsky. Defense, I, think, right? I think they saw each other off there, don't you? And goal, pretty close. Pretty close. Right? I give a little nod to the Tampa guy. Maybe not a decisive one. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and then you got a team that just wants to play run and gun, and another team that's going to generate offense off of defense. Well, they're really good at it, though. That'd be an unbelievable series. It's going to be great. It was a great game last night. Even yeah. for a four nothing game, it was a great no, game. I agree. I agree. Kudobin's no slouch as a backup either. No, if Rask gets rattled or anything happens, and Tampa has no backup, so you know that you're saying you're only as strong as your weakest link, right? And if some people don't have a good backup goaltender, then you're in trouble. They've, right? They've changed that yeah. saying, by the way. Now it's you're only as strong as. If you have Ian Cole. <laughs> wow. There's only one of them. You opened up a window, though, boy. You know what I mean? <laughs> there, there, there has to be a concern, though, that someone is going to get hurt. And then you're going to go down to your seventh and eighth defenseman. Right. And I think that is the concern about when we, when we had Cole and Aleski as the bottom pair. Then, okay, you go to Ruedel. You, you can go to Hunwick. Sure. Now it's, there's, that's one less guy. And, you know, I, I just think... I think we need another. I, I was happy just to get Erickson from Detroit for nobody. I think we need cannon fodder. We need a couple guys that can take a puck for yeah. no reason in a game five. No, I I can't disagree with you. No, you're right. You're going to need probably eight defensemen if you want to get to the promised land. So how is Padan? Can't wait to see him. <laughs> he's big, he's mean, and uh, he can skate for a big man. I know. I yeah. think I think no. he might be wearing a sweater yeah. in, in, in the playoffs this year. Wow. I really do. I those think... types of players in Alexiak, playing against those guys in the playoffs, it's just it's horrible. Just them leaning on you, leaning on you, <laughs> leaning on you. When you're rolling into April and you're rolling into May, you're like, can I just not get on the ice against these guys that are 240, 250 pounds? Yeah. Because it does. It just wears your butt out. All right. Well, tomorrow night, things resume for the Pens. Columbus, you'll be alongside the Hockey Hall of Famer, Mike Lang on our brother station. Uh-uh. No, Jeff, Ga- uh, Josh Getzoff. Yeah, Josh is going to. Yeah, normally you're, you're alongside the Hockey Hall of Famer, <laughs> but not tomorrow night. Uh, Josh Getzoff will be yeah. there on our brother Mikey's, station. Mikey's getting playoff ready. Yeah, that's what, you know what he's doing. He's doing what, like, uh, he's like uh, uh, Kessel and uh, Broussard. He's, he's take, taking a knee for, for a moment. Kessel gets the yeah. Iron Man, right? He's still going to be in the lineup. and Yeah. Come on, that's that's he's knocking on seven hundred. I know some people don't care. That's a big deal. I care. I yeah. think it's and a huge I think these especially for him because yeah. the knock on him is like he's yeah. the exact opposite. Yeah, like he's some slob who somehow Another high stakes player. Bigger the game, the better he plays. I know he's not one hundred percent, but these three days off this time of year are huge for Phil Kessel. He'll be fine. Yeah, they paint him out to be the John Daly of hockey. <laughs> you know. Like he's just some big slob who's got a hey, huge gun. I'll drink take a beer, a, smoke a cigarette, yeah. take a shot. Right. He's got, he's got what? Skill. Oh, he's got a huge what? Uh, I was talking about daily. I think I said. Oh. Shot. I oh, think I said. Okay. Yeah. What did I say? Yeah, I'll take him. I'll take <laughs> Phil on my team anytime. Yeah. Huh? He's back checked a ton this year. Yeah. As far as I, he hustles back. 
I, I think Phil's had a great year. I agree. I concur 100. Mm-hmm. <laughs> percent You have a nickname? Do you have a nickname in school? Uh, You're uh, gonna get my one. nickname was Bobo because I used to stutter. Okay. <laughs> Wait, well, how did Bobo stutter? Bobo Bartnick. Bobo. Bobo Bartnick. No, 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 nineteen. Uh, Phil Bork, the old two 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 niner. Always a pleasure to talk to you, and we'll be listening when the Pens take on Ian Cole and the Columbus Blue Jackets <laughs> tomorrow. Crow, Randall, Valerie, and Michael, and Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed our time together, and this was good hockey talk. Hey, Portland to me is one of the lamest cities on earth. To me, it's the it's it's, it's a junior varsity city. It's like if you can't make it in Seattle or San Francisco, move to Portland and retire. <laughs> That's the the line Scotty in Portland, yeah. Where like it's where young people go to retire. Oh, is that what they say? Yeah. Oh, I, I, it's like, I disagree. It's like if me. Steubenville got overrun <laughs> by hipsters. <laughs> Steubenville is also a wonderful town. Hey, that's the burb of the burg you're talking about. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I got uh, tweeted at by the Chamber of Commerce. Whoa! By the burb of the burg. Mm. So, uh, well, where do they meet in the back of a? Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> Jefferson County uh, Chamber of Commerce. They said, hey, uh, Steubenville is cool. Just yesterday we saw two pair of skinny jeans and a goatee. <laughs> yeah, so they're getting uh, gentrified down there. The hipsters are coming. I love that response. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> they said, we're plugging along goatee. just like Pittsburgh and still listening to DV after all these years. Come see us. So yeah. It's the burb of the burg. It's where Dean Martin's from. It's where oh, Jimmy absolutely. the Greek is from. Dean Martin's book. The book uh, "Dirty Living" and I, I, I read it it's by Nick Tosius. Yes, it was one of the greatest books ever. Yes, didn't he also write another biography of somebody? He was like he, a big deal. Yeah, he's a real famous writer. Okay, but that book, I the title's forever. It's Dino, and then a long subtitle. But right. It's Nick Tosius. Get it? It's an amazing book. Dean Martin and Jimmy the Greek. There's a there's a major drop off between one and two. <laughs> Jimmy the Greek is hilarious. His was was it a thirty for thirty they had on him? Oh yeah, that's a great yep. one. I mean, unbelievable the way that that guy <laughs> became a national figure in any and way, then shape, ha- or form. Didn't it end weird for him? Like he said something racist on TV. Well, no, he said the the. Well, he did say a couple racist things, but I think it was the sexist thing that got him, wasn't it? Something about. No, he was. No, I uh, thought he's he the was one a little who's... liquored up in a bar, and they put a microphone in his face, and he said some things he probably shouldn't have said. Not the most racist thing in the world. No, but just you know, they have shouldn't have said it. They have different muscles than us, or something. I don't. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Was uh, who, was it Ben, the golf guy who said that the Ben Hogan, the women, the it wasn't Ben Hogan, uh, the women Crenshaw? golfers had like he's like they're lesbians. And <laughs> he their, said that their boobs get in the way of their backswing, <laughs> and so they can't be great. And everyone's like, "What the hell does that mean?" <laughs> that like, makes no sense. Yeah, no, he was just hammered. According just, according to Wikipedia, Tracy Lords is also from Steubenville. Tracy Lords. Yep. No kidding. Whoa. As is John Buchigross. I had no idea Bucci. John Buchigross was from Steubenville. No wonder. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a big always, Penguins fan. No he's wonder just, he's always tweeting stuff about the Pens. Yeah, that's all starting to make sense. Hellfire, the Jerry Lee Lewis story, another book that Nick Tochus wrote. Okay, so is that the one that the movie was uh, made up? No, that was Great Balls of Fire. Do you guys listen to Disgraceland? 
No. What is that? That sounds great. It's a little half-hour podcast where they go through in famous, infamous murders or crimes committed by rock and roll stars. Oh, so oh, nice. it's like the, you know, we talked to Burr about last week about the, um, uh, God, who's the Beavis and Butthead creator? Why can't I think Mike of Judge. Mike Judge put Tales from the tour bus on Cinemax, animate he like animated all the stories of like all of these like outlaw country guys, and they all were involved in shootings and major drug busts and stuff like Waylon Jennings, Johnny Paycheck, George <laughs> Jones, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just you know it's amazing what they were able to get away with back then. But this half hour podcast is all about rockers who committed crime. Yes, it's amazing. They have uh, the first one's Jerry Lee Lewis, and then they have Sam Cooke, and then they have a uh, Sam Cooke. What did he do? He he killed a woman in a hotel. I thought he was killed in a hotel. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, now, I'm, now I'm messing the story up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He uh, he was killed in a hotel. Yeah, yeah. He was killed in a hotel. By himself? No, like a jealous lover, I think. It was, uh, it was some crazy. It was some crazy. No, he was basically. He basically took a woman from a, a bar and was, it was trying to rape her. Oh, really? Sam Cook? She escaped, and the, the hotel clerk. Was getting uh, the hell beat out of her, and she and he and she killed him. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's a terrible story about Sam Cook. Yeah, and it was like what the story no one wants to believe because everyone loved him, but it was. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry to break to all of Sam Cook's fans. Now I fans can't hearts. listen to Sam Cook. Well, you the know, same way. <laughs> but the Jerry Lee Lewis one is just amazing, and the guy's very—it's like theater of the mind. And he, it's it's amazing to do the Sid and Nancy one. It's it's a great podcast to listen to. The G- Jerry Lee Lewis story, though, I mean, he married his thirteen-year-old cousin. Now, I I understand that cousin marrying in certain parts of the South back then was not just not taboo. It was fairly common in some of the smaller counties and stuff. Uh, because everyone was like related, there just weren't a lot of people there. So you were related through, you know, a couple you know, times removed. Uh, yeah, it was thirteen though. My daughter's that's 13. just it. Thirteen, it thirteen is... year old girl. Yeah, that's no. And no. he was taking her no. around like he went over to London. Like I don't understand why everybody's having a problem with this. Uh, this is what we do. <laughs> yeah, I don't... and it was like she was a thirteen year old girl, and his family was like Jerry. She's too young. Oh dang it! Like he. Had a, it was a misdemeanor in their eyes. It was not a big deal. Meanwhile, how the hell did he ever bounce back from that? Ever? Like he headlined no Jazz Fest a couple years ago. <laughs> well, people bounce back in this country. Yeah, well, it's a country of I'm waiting chances. F- After a long enough time, people forget. You want to hear Jimmy the Greek statements? Yes. Okay, so he goes, they've got everything, meaning the blacks. <laughs> if they take over coaching... Like everybody wants them to, then there's going to be nothing left for white people. Then he described uh, black people as being superior athletes because generally, he said, they work harder than white athletes. Then he added, the black is a better athlete to begin with because he's been bred that way because of his high thighs that had to go up to his back and they can jump higher and run faster because they have bigger thighs. This all goes back to the Civil War when during the slave trading, the slave owner would breed the the big black to the big woman so that they would have this big black kid. That's where it all started. And you can I remember seeing this interview. The person who has the mic to him just slowly starts (laughs) creeping out of the frame like, I don't want to be seen here. It does sound like something that your uncle would say in an Italian restaurant after he had four Manhattans and he's just (laughs) sitting back there and he just starts spouting off stuff. Um, 
But uh, understandable why he had a hard time bouncing back from that one. The yeah. Yeah, well, he was old, too. Yes. I mean, it takes a good 20 years. He, wasn't then... he already kind of out of television at that point? Yes. Well, they it... were kind of looking to move him away. And... You know, they were trying. The NFL certainly didn't want a Greek bookie from Steubenville <laughs> giving the line every Sunday. <laughs> Just think about that for a second. They had a Greek bookie from Steubenville on the NFL today on CBS. And they would have, they had Phyllis George. Yes. She's Miss America. Yes. Former Miss America contestant there. Uh, Irv Cross, tight end from the uh, Eagles. And, you know, who was a really good broadcaster, I thought. You know. Oh, Irv, Irv was great. And then, and, uh, you know, Brent, he runs a booking agent, uh, a book a in A total Vegas degenerate now. gambler. Yes. Total degenerate gambler always was. And you knew when you watched Brett, uh, Brent do a game, you knew who he had money on or what play he had money on. <laughs> if it was the over or under. I remember at Steelers Super Bowl uh, 14, whenever he goes, uh, Brent asked the Greek right after the uh, championship games, he goes, what are, you th- what are you thinking about Greek? And he goes... Well, what was that movie you liked yesterday with Bo Derek? He goes, uh, 10. He goes, yeah. Greek goes, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> they were not even remotely trying to hide the fact that they were just degenerates. Al Michaels, too. Al Michaels will always say, well, those people, some people may care if this field goal goes through. Right. Yeah. But that's the NFL's dirty little secret. It's not Roy. It's, it's that everyone pays attention to gambling. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, I, I can't imagine what percentage of Monday night football ratings account for people who are trying to make up for a bad weekend. <laughs> and then they have to sit through Gruden. It's it's double painful. Not anymore. Oh, yeah. Not He'll anymore. He'll be coaching now. Yeah. Uh, looks Don't like- you think they kind of found their way around that, though, with the fantasy football thing? Like, uh, it's just it, it, they don't have to hide it anymore. There's shows dedicated to fantasy football. They look. They they want to put a team in Vegas. I mean, it's it's fantasy football is gambling for like college kids and computer geeks. It's not real gambling, right? It can be if you do. Well, now they're doing those that game, weekly ones. Weekly ones, yeah. You can. Oh, you mean like the ones that like are all the commercials they used to do for puck off until they finally dumped us? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Hey, we'll give if you pet two bucks, we'll give you two bucks. And Draft you can, Kings. Yeah, dra- there's ten of them. Yeah, there are a bunch of those. Yeah, and, and then, then they, they came under then, fire. Yeah, then they were in court. Well, it was because it's gambling. Well, and it was funny was they were legal in every state except New York because all the boys in New York were like, "No, you're not unless you're kicking up dust. Uh, you're you're not doing <laughs> fantasy football." Uh, it does make sense though. Uh, I understand that, but the NFL uh, it has. Yeah, it's the most thinly veiled, you know. It's the only sport that puts out an injury report that has to matter. You can't go, uh, upper body, lower body. (laughs) For reason. How long are they going to be out? (laughs) What is the weekly amount bet legally on NFL games per week? I mean, just through the places where there are legal sports books, I would have to think it's astronomical. Then add in all of the illegal gambling. I mean, we talked about this last week. You know, I don't, I'm sure your dad probably had the same thing. When I was growing up, I had a sheet on Wednesdays that I had to fill out. Oh, yeah. He gave me one. He had one. <laughs> yeah. We went in my high school. I won't name names, but we had a high school one. Running numbers. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's, a, it's, it's the NFL. It's the NFL. It's a, half, half the league's owners were built on gambling. But they still don't do it as <laughs> brazenly on the pregame as they did on CBS with Jimmy the Greek. Oh, yeah. Who would basically be like, it's windy today. That guy's hurt. <laughs> I, I like seven and a hook. Yeah. Like... And then Pete Axum was on NBC. Yeah, that's right. He had the greatest line ever. He goes, that's a broken windshield game. And then uh, the, Bob Cross goes, what's that? He goes, that's when someone sees two tickets in your windshield and breaks them and puts two more. 
<laughs> um, all right, Valerie, I'm sorry that we uh, totally kiboshed your, your news. Anything important you got to get to? Nope. You want to listen to the weather? Sure. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports is how brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Penguins still have some significant regular season business with which to attend. Got a little tighter in the Metro last night. Columbus rallying from 4-1 down to beat Detroit in overtime, 5-4. The Flyers lose and the Devils win, so it's the Pens with 96 points, the Jackets with 96 points, and the Devils with 95. Penguins can win Thursday in Columbus in regulation and assure that they'll finish ahead of the Blue Jackets, but the Devils are still a factor in that race for second place. And... uh, Two against three would be the first uh, the first round matchup. Who's going to get home ice? Who's it going to be? All these things still to be determined. Uh, the Penguins not as focused on that as they are uh, playing as well as they can play going into the playoffs and finally getting the playoffs started. As you heard from Phil Bork not long ago here on the show, they've been waiting for game number 83 all season. And Evgeny Malkin announcing yesterday that the Penguins are ready for game number 83 and the playoff games to follow. I will always believe my team. I always believe this group. You know, it's a, I see this guy every day and uh, we're still hungry. I mean, like, uh, we talk a lot about, like, uh, this year, like, everyone's wait, like, what's going on, like, with this team. Like, we, lo- we lost, like, a couple of good players, but we're still great. Like, I mean, like, uh, like we signed Brassar, you know, he's, he's helped so much for us. And uh, he, I, I hope he's back to playoffs. And uh, amazing team, and I believe, like, if we're not in playoffs, I'm be like so mad for sure. But then uh, you say me like why you say <laughs> two months ago. But I'm happy we're in. You know, I'm uh, believe my group and uh, we see what's gonna like uh, in playoffs. But we're ready to play for sure. Val, don't you wish you could make your GPS speak to you like Gino? <laughs> You'd never know where you're going. <laughs> Instead of Siri, it was you just talking to you like it. Gino. It's obviously, uh, you know, it's because, like, you have to, like, turn, you know. It's like <laughs> lots of guys are good, you know. Busy I and... can give you directions. I'm I'm busy. <laughs> I'm, like, busy, you know. Uh, one way you could go it's is like, four. Busy. I don't know why you're talking to me, you know. Still hungry, still great. Terrible English. According great to hockey player. Joe, he just makes me happy, man. I think he got to the point where he, yeah, me too. I don't want him to get any better uh, speaking He speaks English. good enough. What's wrong? I know. Well, like he, he good, could get better. Good enough. Could yeah. He could get better. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't have I to. I can't. I can't really criticize him for that. I just love it. <laughs> Me too. I want him to keep doing that. That's my point. I love the fact that he just seems to get better and better. This year's been amazing. He's not tailing off at all. He's phenomenal. It, his wife is like a supermodel. I don't know her name. I don't know anything about her. No, it's like this secret wife he had. She just popped up one day. He had a wife and then a baby. Boom, boom. So you do family it. guy. Fantastic. It's like, uh, mean, you know, it's like I'm busy now. You know? It's like I'm bad, you know? If, if, if we didn't have Crosby, you know how revered he would be? He's an incredible hockey player. He's still revered. I mean... I know, but I'm just saying, like, he is... I mean, most towns would give up everything to have one or the other. We have both of them. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, we have two of the three best players of the last 25 years. 
<laughs> it's crazy. People love to him. Think about and but, then, then Kane and, and, and Ovechkin. That's it. Those are the four. But if he was in another town, we would everybody would know all about his wife, all about his his personal life. Same with Sidney Crosby. If he was in another, a huge market or a big hockey market. Uh, yeah, I'm like not so York, sure about Toronto. that. I oh, mean, those guys, they don't get nearly as much privacy in other towns as they do here in Pittsburgh. Same Jeter, with the pulled it, Jeter pulled it off in New York. Everybody knew everything he did. They just didn't did they? care. Yes. They I looked, got a gift bag. You got a gift bag. <laughs> you look, if you hooked up with him, he signed a baseball and gave you a gift, <laughs> gift bag. The guy just didn't screw yeah, up. Yeah, that came out later, though, right? Uh, and he did was, that, too, and in he my was single days. banging, like... Forbes 500 hot chicks. Like, he was going through the list of the Hollywood Reporter. Like, here's the hottest 10 actresses. He just didn't screw up. Yeah. He, he didn't get a DUI. Never got the paper for he the never, wrong reasons. Yes. Yeah. And not go, I mean, that's the other great thing about those two guys either. Uh, you know, they're good soldiers. I agree. How Boy funny Scouts. would it be if just, like, a regular person tried to do that? One night stand. Here's an Adam <laughs> LaRoche bobblehead and some, uh, some Heinz 57. Thanks for last night, sweetheart. Yeah. I signed it for you. <laughs> there are an amazing amount of those Adam LaRoche bobbleheads around the, so around many the area. There's know, so many. I know a lot of people that have them. It's really hard to get rid of them, too. People don't dump bobbleheads, either. I have, like, 40 of them. Do you have them in I, one of those, Adam like, plastic yeah. Big plastic bins? Yeah. I, did I, the, uh, I did the bobblehead downsize not long ago. Yeah? So did well, we. Who'd you give them to? The garbage can. <laughs> what? I gave them to my brother. Mike. People love those. Got tired of dusting them. You had to really be something special to make the bobblehead cut. I didn't even take mine out of the box. There was a time there for a number of years the Pirates sent over every promotion item that they were giving away, and I just kept all the bobbleheads. They're probably not going to do that anymore. <laughs> probably not. And not because I- we've been talking bad about them. They're just trying to cut cost. And we've been talking bad about them. <laughs> Joe, you buying the uh, Still Hungry, Still Great? assertion of the great Evgeny Malkin? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look, look at this year. I mean, he slowed down a hair in the Canadian media. I mean, they didn't make no, him not the top him, 100. The, the team. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, they went, they went number three. They went number three. Yeah. And they have a chance for immortality. And it starts with 87 because he's just driven. It he's not motivated. He's, he's driven. Yeah. He yeah. wants to win ping, ping pong games. You think he doesn't want to win a third Stanley Cup? I mean, that's why I said last year him and Gino and Flower and Murray willed that team to win. I'm not counting out Sid and Gino. Yeah, why would Sid you Gino? at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, you want to have a half-hour conversation with Sullivan? Ask him if it starts with Crosby. And then stand back and let him go because uh, it, it most certainly does. Um, interesting week this week because of the, the high-stakes game in Columbus Thursday night because of the impending playoffs. And because, lo and behold, the Penguins have had a chance to actually get on the practice ice. Mike Sullivan has been uh, very um, acknowledging of the rigors of the season, and they've had a lot of days off. And, you know, between games, they haven't practiced a lot lately. But this week, with the break in the schedule, playing Sunday and then not again until Thursday, they took Monday off, practiced yesterday, and they're going to practice again today. And Sullivan thinks they're going to get better because of it. Today's practice might have been one of the most substantive practices we've had in quite a while because the schedule hasn't allowed it. And, uh, and so it, it's always, as a coaching staff, we're always trying to find that balance of giving our team an opportunity to recover and rest uh, and, and at the same time trying to continue to work on things to get better and refine our game. Uh, today was one of the more substantive practices that we've, that we've had. We felt really good about it afterwards. I thought we had good energy. I thought the guys were locked in mentally. I thought we competed. 
and and so we were really pleased with with what we were able to accomplish today and you know i i just think we're working on certain aspects of our game to try to continue to improve and get better and uh and that's what we're going to use these days in between games to do how great is mike sullivan eight and oh how can you discount sully so they lose you got to figure they got a shot right Oh, it's, I mean, he's eight and zero. I mean, I, in series, yeah. I'm LinkedIn friends with Mike Johnson, <laughs> and they said uh, congratulate him on his new job somewhere in some minor league hockey team. I was going to send them a pack of Omaha steaks. Like, thank God he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're eight and zero with Sully. He was really bad, Johnston. Nice Blues. fella. Oof, didn't reach the uh, the team. No, substitute teacher. Yeah. I don't think he was a guy who lacked hockey knowledge or perspective. He was uh, used just, to like 13-year-old kids. Just the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time to to manage this team, which is not easy to manage. No, oh, there's a lot of stars. Yeah. All right, when we come back, one of the biggest stars in the broadcasting galaxy. Figuratively, literally, Mark Madden joins us when we return. It's the DBE Morning Show. Mark Madden. Brought to us by Matt Mertz this morning on DVE. How are you? Good, and you? I'm doing great. Joe Barnick is in the studio with us. Joe's going to be performing with Bill Burr Friday night at Benningham Center. There are two shows. The first one is sold out. Tickets still available for the second show at trust-arts.org. Just to let you know. Penguins are at home. Can't go. You're wearing a Vegas Golden Knights shirt right yes. now. Do you not see that as... Um... Traitorous? Yes. No. Why not? If they were playing in the finals, then it would be borderline uh, mutinous. But but at this point, I don't see it that way. Did Flurry give you that shirt? No, I bought it off of Derek England. Yes. All right, let me ask. It was too big for him. <laughs> Do you think the Buckos' small home opener crowd is a harbinger of things to come, or was it just because of the weather? Well, I, I don't think it was because of the weather because, you know, the home opener is often sold out in advance. It's not dependent on walk-up. But uh, I, I don't know. It's too early to tell where their attendance, indeed, where the team's going. Uh, I said before the season I didn't think their attendance would drop much because it's already dropped 600K over the last two years since they began dismantling, for no good reason, the 2015 team that won 98 games. Uh, so I thought anybody who was going to stop going or go less had already done so uh, but still to have 8,000 tickets unsold for your home opener uh, that's disturbing it's always been just a, a self-contained event and people didn't buy into it this year do you think if it hits them there with the all-time low attendance numbers that they'll actually take that and say oh well this now is affecting our bottom dollar maybe we should spend some money no <laughs> I think they'll just cut cut corners wherever they can slash payroll even more trade josh harrison i think is a fait accompli by the trade deadline and you know keep the bottom line healthy that way uh you're a fan of greta van fleet yes big time here's what robert plant has to say about them they are led zeppelin one yeah it's like the kid looks like he's just dropped out of a kind of a beautiful little singer yes very smart i've seen them yeah they're really really young yeah i've seen him and i hate him 
He's uh, that he has got such a huge voice that young yeah, fella. Yeah, and he me. borrowed it from somebody I know very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what are you going to do? I can't. It's have okay. you been, have, do you know? Has he has he tried to meet you? Have you has he been have been requests? No, no. I mean, at least he's got a bit of style because he said he based his whole style on Aerosmith. Yeah. He said he based his whole... Robert Plant's a dink. Always has been. Always has been jealous of Jimmy Page. Dink? Dinkus. You can substitute a C for an N if you like. Okay. Uh, Always was jealous of Jimmy Page because Jimmy Page created and controlled Led Zeppelin and has spent his entire life since Led Zeppelin broke up trying to get even for that. Uh, what's, uh, What's the kid in Greta Van Fleet supposed to sound like? Did Robert Plant copyright... That style of singing. No, but his point is the guy, he, the kid's not even acknowledging that Led Zeppelin was an influence. Is there? Is there well, a why possibility? Does he have to do that? That because he sounds exactly like Robert Plant. Maybe Robert Plant sounds exactly like him. Well, actually, Robert Plant now sounds nothing like Robert Plant, which is why he doesn't even try to be Robert Plant. As I found out when I saw him a month or so ago in New York at the Beacon Theater. I mean, it was a good show, but he doesn't sign that way anymore, so why can't somebody else? What, what Zeppelin songs that did he do at the Beacon? Well, he did most of them, like, uh, acousticized or countrified. Acousticized? Yeah. Uh, like, you know, he turned Misty Mountain Hop into a hillbilly hoedown. Oh, really? He, he, I don't yes, like that. But he did a whole lot of love pretty straight and, and pretty well. But I just, I don't see why Robert Plant is the arbiter of everybody's voice and how nobody can be what he used to. Well, let's say a guy started in sports radio in Pittsburgh and hated Jerome Bettis and Heinz Ward and talked exclusively about how great the Penguins were and the other organizations fell flat. Then that person would succeed. And never never referenced you as an influence. I wouldn't care. Yes, you would. No, I wouldn't. Um, What if his ratings overtook yours? (laughs) Yeah. Like, that'll happen. Oh, it'll happen. Really? When? Because uh, it's not, been 22 I'm not, years. I'm not Nostradamus. One day. Or Negrodamus. Oh, yes. Which was the Chappelle one, right? Yes. That was... Uh, Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney. The great Paul Mooney, who wrote for Richard Pryor, uh, and is one of the more misunderstood guys. You probably know Paul Mooney, don't you? A little bit. Yeah. Is he a good guy, or is he crazy? He's crazy. Yeah, I've heard he's totally Why nuts. can't he be both? Yes. Uh, he can be is both. There, is there a chance that that kid wasn't lying, though? That he actually had never really listened to Zeppelin and only was influenced by somebody who that, was that influenced? That kid never said that. I guarantee he never said he wasn't influenced by Zeppelin. That's a flat-out lie. That's Robert Plant fabricating whoever that interviewer was to, to give him you know, a, a platform to... To, to crack on the kid. Right. They used to do Led Zeppelin tribute sets. You can find those on YouTube. So clearly Led Zeppelin's been an influence. What, is nobody ever allowed to sound like Led Zeppelin again? Uh, no, I think they are. But it's killed a lot of other bands. Look, Whitesnake had to do, after that first album, they made a marked effort to make sure they were not what, what Zeppelin first clones. album? Uh, or maybe it was the, the one with uh, the, Still all the hits. Still in the Night? Yeah. yeah. That was hardly their first. They had been around for... Okay. Seven, eight years before that. Right. And how many of those albums made it into the top 20? Well, a lot of them made it in the top 20 in England, but then, yeah, they went they went a little Zeppelin-esque for right. the 1987 album. But, it, you know, that's how Coverdale is. So much is. so that Page toured with him. Well, so much so that Page toured with Coverdale because Robert Plant wouldn't work with Page, but Robert Plant being the big baby he's always been, when Coverdale worked <laughs> with Page, he put out a great album, by the way, uh, they toured in Japan, and then Plant said to Page, hey, why don't we work together so you can't work with Coverdale? He didn't say the last part, but he certainly 
That was certainly part of the intent. This sounds like, to me, somebody who's hung out with David Coverdale a whole lot, giving us David Coverdale's perspective. I've hung out with David Coverdale like once or twice. That's it. I'm just asking for the, uh, you know, how much from the horse's mouth this came from. I'm not accusing you. It's not oh, an accusation. That, none of that came from David at oh, all. Okay. This is your opinion of what went down. I think if you look at what happened, it's not opinion. Well, how it, come? It's just stating the obvious. Why did Kingdom Come not make it sounding like Zeppelin as much as I thought they, they should have. They I thought were, they were very good. Yeah. Why aren't you allowed to make it if you sound like Zeppelin? Fastway was a great Zeppelin ripoff band. Do you think so? Their, their first album's great, the one with the uh, race car pattern. Every time somebody sings like their testicles haven't dropped yet, you know, they're thought to be imitating Zeppelin. I'm not sure it's all that simple. And I think Zeppelin probably uh, imitated a few people, as in ripped off a well, few Well, their whole people. album's, the first album's ripped off. Well, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. talk to It's spirit. really good. It's it's reinterpreting, reimagining. It's it, it's really good. I I don't know. I, I think Robert's out of line for saying what he did about the kid from Greta Van Fleet. I think he should be grateful that somebody's trying to, 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 to you know, take that music uh, with the next generation. Yeah. Fastway, by the way, is now flogging Molly. I'm not, I think I'm right about that. What do you mean? No, they're not. The band Flogging Molly? It's members of the band Fastway. Eddie Fast Clark, Eddie Clark? Eddie Clark's dead, so well, it's not him. Okay, well, maybe it's the other people. What, nobody's allowed to sound like Fastway? <laughs> no. <laughs> Penguins have Columbus tomorrow night. Phil Bork said to us, off air, we were talking, and he said, tomorrow night, boys. I, I think he actually said this on, on air, too. Biggest game in the season. Biggest game of the season. Well, Columbus almost made it easy on Pittsburgh last night. They... We're trailing Detroit 4-2 in the third period, but came back to win 5-4 in overtime. If Columbus had lost last night in regulation, tomorrow night's game wouldn't be as uh, for all the marbles as it it looks like it is. Uh, The weird part is, I think no matter what, Pittsburgh won't play Columbus in the first round. I think if Pittsburgh wins tomorrow night, uh, they'll get home ice, and Philadelphia will climb over Columbus. I think if Pittsburgh loses tomorrow night, they'll drop all the way to fourth and wind up playing Washington in the first round. So you're not that worried about tomorrow night being tipping the scales one way or the other i'm not that worried period they've won two stanley cups in a row i've witnessed five in my lifetime i think that it's been gravy for quite some time now anyway i so all right yeah but you have to like you know independent of that independent of your need as a fan to see them win again their chances right now how much of this is it going to be hindered if they don't get home ice um that that's a good question. I I mean, this year their home record and, and away record are, are in opposite directions. The home's great, the, the the away is not. But then again, they've won five Stanley Cups and never won even one on home ice. So uh, it, it, I think if if there was ever a time they could use home ice, yeah, it is this year. So that does put tomorrow night's game in a very important light. Plus, you got to be Ian Cole. <laughs> He's well, the be all end all. He left. And now the Penguins aren't as good as they were. He went to Columbus. Now they're much better than they were. He's the catalyst. He is King Cole. Do that, you find yourself? Do you find yourself in a position now that you have to trash Ian Cole because well, I don't trash Ian Cole. Right. I, I trash but the. I trash criticize the him more than you ever would have. I trash the overestimation of his move, which is plentiful. <laughs> Penalty kill has uh, suffered though since he's been gone. That's where they miss him for sure. Seventy percent since he's been gone. No question. Whether that's all. On him not being there, I don't know, but but it has uh, hurt the PK. But what they you, did against the Caps the other night, do you look at that as the PK refocusing and figuring it out, or just something that happens over 82 games? I, I think that what's happened since he left is more fluctuation that happens over 82 games rather than 
you know, a specific result of his absence. I, I think they're a worse PK without him, but I don't think they're a 70% PK without him. Joe Bartnick brought it up earlier. Maybe the biggest factor in Cole's departure is the lack of depth the Penguins have defensively now. Uh, I don't think so. I think like Matt Hunwick's a serviceable, you know, bottom pair. I think Alexiak's done well on the bottom pair. And I think pairing now with Hun- Hunwick, I think Alexiak's proven a little more adept at the right side, which is where he's back at now paired with Hunwick. Uh, I think the problem with depth would be if, uh, if a defense, if two defense will get hurt, uh, and they had to go down to whoever, like, uh, that Chuchman or whatever his friggin' name is in Wilkes or Padan. And, uh, I, I, I think that, uh, if Latang got hurt, that would be a, a, a real blow. Even though they won without him last year, they won without him. Should have traded him and not Cole Rutherford. Uh, even though they won without him last year. <laughs> Was that sarcastic uh, or did you really believe no, that? No, that's incredibly oh. sarcastic. Oh, okay. I, I love how these, these jamokes out there, you know, Rutherford's won two Stanley Cups. Ah, he screwed things up, screwed the team up. We know more than him. Should have kept Cole. Chemistry, shot block, PK, should have kept him. <laughs> We got to have something to argue about going into the playoffs, right? Oh, uh, Penguin fans are a bunch of ungrateful dinks. Is I that mean, why you're wearing a Vegas Golden Knight shirt? Because you yes. switched your allegiance? <laughs> no, it's, it's because Flurry never should have been traded. I think there was right? a two for one deal on these <laughs> at, at the airport with Pete Rose LT on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> I see Pete like all Everybody the time does. out there. Everybody has. A, I ran into Pete Rose. Yeah, Caesars? A, he, he, no, he's at some sports memorabilia store. Right Caesars, is it? No, no, no. The shops at Mandalay Bay. Is that where he is now? That's oh, where okay. he's. That's where he is now. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so sad. It's. Real I did not sad. get this shirt from him, but I got a I got a hot tip on a horse. I bet. Uh, he actually likes going to do that now. I bet now that is his sole way to go out and communicate with people. Yeah, I. I it, it really. Because Hit King has been ostracized from the community that he that he knew and loved best. Should and, he be in the Hall of Fame? That's a cliched question, but absolutely. Why have it if you don't have him in it? Well, because he broke a rule that prohibits him from it. Yeah. I, mean, I think me moving wrong, to I'm Vegas not, was probably not the best idea. It's not for the him. Hall of Honor. It's the Hall of really good baseball players. But, but, but he I, broke a rule that prohibits him from it. I mean, that rule does exist, and he broke it. I it's mean, an arbitrary rule, though. But it's a rule, and it's been yeah. on the clubhouse door for 100 years. I think how he dealt with it is the reason he's not in. Like, I think if he would have come clean and then not moved to Vegas. <laughs> well, see, here, here's the best argument for him being in the Hall of Fame. Right now. He has more hits than anybody else who's ever played. The guys who aren't in the Hall of Fame are better than the guys who are in the Hall of Fame. Like, if you start an alternate Hall of Fame, like let's say Randy Bauman's Baseball Hall of Fame, you could have Shoeless Joe Jackson, Pete Rose, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Roger Clemens, A-Rod. Those guys could kick ass over the guys who are actually in the Hall of Fame. They're better baseball players. But should you honor somebody who basically was an affront to the integrity of the game? Uh, which one? Which guy? Any one of those guys who cheated. You mentioned cheaters well, no, I agree with and people who rigged games. I agree with Pursuit. I think you know you should be... I mean, if, if your performance indicates you should be in the Hall of Fame, but but again, the Pete Rose argument is he broke that rule. Pete Rose said he never bet against the Reds, and I actually believe him. <laughs> I do believe him. I believe he liked the game. He he loved it, the game it, too it, much. It depends what you believe about him. If you believe he was a first and foremost a a baseball guy and not a junkie gambler, a competitive manager and not a junkie gambler, then he would have never bet against the Reds. But junkie gamblers take any edge they can get. So if the junkie gambler mm. part, Mike, isn't that right? 
if the junkie gambler <laughs> part, <laughs> if, if, if the junkie gambler part yeah. uh, ever superseded the competitive manager part, then you know, and even if it happened for just one day. And and also, well, that's uh, what I mean. Is the integrity of the game important? I don't care. Yeah, okay. Do you care really? No, I'm asking you. No, I don't. I do. I do care to a point. I think all halls of fame are stupid. I think they're a, a a subjective way to attempt to reclassify what's already been objectively decided. I like that you you did it correctly there in halls of fame, not hall of fames. Oh, thank you. Like attorneys general. Is that right? Is that how you do that? Yeah. There's a bunch Sisters of them. But, but like, yeah. let's say Pete Rose. Let's say Pete Rose bet on the Reds today, and it goes extra innings. He and, probably did because they're did. playing the and, <laughs> and, and exhausts his bullpen. You know what I mean? On yeah. the day he bet on them and has nothing left for the day he didn't, that is affecting outcomes. It's possible. All right, we went way over, but it's always fascinating talking with a Golden Knights uh, fan, Mark Madden. Thank you. Go Knights. <laughs> Brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing this morning. Does Matt Mertz have a Vegas office? Uh, if they don't, they should, and they will. Yeah. They, Call 702-367. <laughs> <laughs> you get to do your show from Vegas. I do sometimes, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's like you get to vacation without taking vacation. That's right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's the way to do that's it. That's right. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't do it more often, to be honest with you. I, I, I can do it two weeks a year. Are there more cities that you would do it from? Uh, yeah, but that one makes the most sense because like there's a there's a there's an easily reached studio right you know right. right off the strip. It's it's just an easy do. Yeah, and does Michael Shanker live there or something too? No, a former WCW wrestler, Disco Inferno, who by the way looks disturbingly like Joe Bartnick. Disco Inferno, he's that good looking. He is. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have Jericho on your show yesterday? Yes, and I went to Fozzie last night at Jericho's. Very good performance. That's his band. Yes. Well, what was that like? They're really good. Did he own up to his uh, uh, Robert Plant influence? <laughs> no, he did not. Uh, was uh, there a predetermined encore, or how did, how did that show go? It was packed. Yeah. Was it? It was packed. Yeah, I heard Jericho's one of the toughest guys really in wrestling. He could be a shoot wrestler. Is that true? He's he's a tough guy. He like kicked a lot of guys behinds and backstage. Like he he beat up Goldberg backstage. Really? Yeah. What? True story. Like in a real fight? Yeah. Wow. What were they fighting about? I don't know. Who Zeppelin versus <laughs> That's right. Jericho not acknowledging his Zeppelin influences. All right. We got to go. This has been tremendous. It has. Thank you. I'll send it to Marconi. Who's that? The people who make the award for great radio. You've never gotten one? No, have you? You can have a couple of mine. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm -hmm.